I feel like I'm looking down in like I'm Brennan's thoughts because I'm kind of above him. I'm having an out-of-body experience, but I just see Brennan. Where did my penis go? Oh, EJ. I hate all of this. Console Crusade Podcast. This is the fourth time I've done an intro in the last 24 hours. Woo! EJ Olsen with Nicholas Durheim. I assume you're getting better at it every time. Uh, that's up to you to decide. Chris Gillyfor. Dave Filioni is a fucking hack. Why do you keep saying it Filioni? It's Filoni. Filioni is a type well, of food. He doesn't speak Italian. Like, Filoni sandwich. Yeah, I don't call it Bolognese sauce. I call it Bolognese sauce, like a red-blooded American. Bolognese nuts. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're all on the same page. It's it's all come back around. I did uh, like two hours of recording yesterday with a couple of special guests, and I didn't know if we were going to be recording today, so I just assumed. I, I told the people we wouldn't. But it's okay. They're not going to hear that until two hours from now. So it's okay. It doesn't matter. Stay tuned for that. If you give a shit about Warzone, it'll be a riveting conversation two hours down the line. But for now, we're just going to play a little catch up, play a little quiz game. Woo! Chris, you're sick. Yeah, I feel like hot garbage. Last night, oh, you know, like I had went to the rock gym, had like a really good 90 minute climbing session, like sense of hard problems. Felt like really good. I'm feeling good about all those things. Got home, smoked a little as one does to unwind after physical activity. Uh, and I felt the drainage. You know, you can feel that first twinge of, oh, my throat is just a little sore. And I know what that spot is. And I know this is going to get worse before it gets better. And sure enough, I woke up at four in the morning. My throat was just fucking killing me from all night drainage and like breathing through my nose and stuff. And I got up. It's 630. I, I ate breakfast. I got all set for the day. I got my gym bag put together. I'm like, I'm going to make this work. This is probably the worst I'm going to feel all day. I'll take some cold medicine. Went and taught my 8 a.m. class, uh, co-taught my 8 a.m. class. And uh, by like 845, I was like, man, I'm an hour in like this. Absolutely. I should be feeling this cold medicine by now after an hour and 20 minutes. And I was not feeling any better. So I canceled my second class. It came home and sitting on my ass for like six hours, which I don't love. But I did get to beat Miles Morales because of that. Yo, nice. Uh, and it was fucking great. Congrats. Um, it is fast. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but some of the emotional beats later in the game really mm. fucking got me. And I resisted the urge mm. to text you, EJ, because it's like I wanted I want to get I want to talk about this live on the air that the first one, and I love, and we love this. Spoilers. We love the spoilers, spoilers for Miles Morales. Miles Morales. You know, we love a Spider-Man unmasked and protected by New York moment. A la uh, Peter uh. getting passed down the train in Spider-Man 2, uh, uh, the film. Um, but at the end of Miles Morales, you know, Miles has diffused the, the uh, Roxxon reactor that's going to vaporize Harlem, basically. Uh, and his mask is off, and a lot of the people from his block in Harlem uh, see him. And uh, here comes the Daily Bugle reporters and they form a wall and they block him and they protect him while he can get his mask back on. And they ask him, like, did you see him with his mask off? And he says, oh, that guy, that's our Spider-Man. And that baby. fucking wrecked me. Wrecked me! And of course, this is coming 14 seconds after that moment in the air where his childhood best friend commits suicide to save everybody. Oh, and, and they have that moment in the air and the music 
Oh, it's fucking devastating. And I think that what this game, what, what this game hits so hard for me that 2018 didn't is that Miles is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that has a particular importance to a particular community, which as we all know is like grossly underrepresented in media. It's getting better. It's getting a lot better. But like that was a story that just fucking hit home for me of like this, these specific people in Harlem feeling like they have a hero that looks after their interests because Peter can't because he's an Avenger. And I know they haven't like explicitly acknowledged that in universe, but Peter has Peter is is New York's hero. He can't be a neighborhood Spider-Man anymore, but Miles can and he is in this game. And then the postcard scavenger hunt of him getting to hear his dad's voice again. I was like, this is this is fucking foul play. This is not oh, this is not acceptable. And him just being like the people who you love, that's what matters the most in the world. And seeing him play pick up with his dad and his uncle, like, God damn it. Like got me twice with the waterworks in one day. Good, healthy cries. Like I was keening a little bit, like at the end of the game, like I was messed up. I am sick, so my armor's off, which is great. Uh, but man, what a great, what a great game that is really short and I wish was 10 hours longer because it just would have been that much more impactful to to spool out the Uncle Aaron relationship and the Finn relationship on a on a a, a longer timeline. So I don't know if it displaces 2018 for me, but like systems-wise, gameplay-wise, combat-wise side mission wise it does everything better than than 2018 does it is a very meaningful iteration on what came before uh but the story like you said much more emotional you you feel connected to these characters and and, and all the side missions throughout this game are so intertwined like you're 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 searching for the music uh from uncle aaron you're putting the pieces together of you know your dad and aaron's relationship and the falling out and why aaron is back to being the prowler and and they have a, this fight at the end because he turns over the girl, but he's still trying to protect Miles, and they have this fight. And, you know, it's like this idea that Aaron chose himself, but Miles is choosing others. But you still understand why Aaron is doing what he's doing because he is looking out for himself, but he's desperately looking out for his nephew. And and you, you still feel that, and even when they're having their fight, all of that, and then, yeah, culminating at the end with getting the voice memos from, from Miles' dad. Oh, my God, that... That was one of those, like, had to put the hand up to have a cry so Sarah couldn't see, you know what I mean, right here? Like, put the pillow up between us and try to be as quiet as possible. <laughs> I do not, but I do. Crying is my time, fellas. I I am not one to share my crying. And in the last few that. years, I've cried a lot more than the previous 10. That's good. Good for you. Yeah, not to be shared with the world or my partner of 13 years. <clears throat> Nick! What's up, dude? How's your week? Oh, not too bad. Been a uh, gaming. I uh, what was I playing last? I'd been I had finished a bunch of games. Yeah, you had beaten that um, roguelite with the timer. Yeah, you beat roguelite. Uh, the Metroidvania. Oh, I thought it was a roguelite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like the Zelda. You're like, oh, it's got time elements, so it's so it's a roguelike, right? You you never restart the run. The run is forever. Yeah, you can restart any game. <laughs> Every game's a roguelike if you're just. Really, really slow at games. Um, <laughs> no, I started uh, a new game. Uh, not not new. I mean, it came out a couple of years ago, but I started playing Ender Lily's Quietest of the Night. Top 10 uh, bad titles for video games. But it is a Metroidvania. It has a hand-drawn kind of uh, style to it. Pretty uh, anime. It's not too paper doll kind of animation. It's a little bit that. So that can be a little bit off-putting. But once you actually get your hands on the sticks, it feels pretty nice. It's got a lot more of a Castlevania kind of flavor to it 
as opposed to uh, something like, well, even Hollow Knight, I think, had pretty strong Castlevania vibes as far as the the piano score. A lot of strings and pianos, I think, of like Castlevania, but then Castlevania has more like a rock and roll kind of uh, Baroque aspect to it um, aesthetically. And then this has a, just a very somber, like a sad anime that you're playing. Very combat focused, um, very dependent on dodging, and uh, you get a parry eventually. I found zero use for the parry, actually, because you end up being like you can take it's like basically just a perfect shield, and then you don't have enough recovery to punish for it. So it's basically just like a oh shit, I'm gonna get hit. I'm not gonna get hit because I will tank this hit, but it's better to just dodge and then get yourself open to do a punish. But the boss fights have been pretty good and there's been a couple that were just a huge pain in the dick and like really really challenged me and that was very satisfying to uh get to the point where i had the tools to defeat them and the way you do that is you're this character you're this little girl running around and you get these spirits that sort of act as your weapons and instead of her wielding them you like summon like a ghost that then does an attack it's pretty similar to uh some of the game boy advance uh, Castlevania games implemented systems like that. Yeah, I was gonna the say the latest uh, Bloodstained did something similar to that. So you kind of instead of having your main attack and then like all these different summons, like all of your attacks are these summons. So you set them to your three face buttons that aren't your jump, and you level them up through you know various means. It's got a fairly uh, straightforward leveling system where you're just sort of rewarded for um, exploring these areas with different uh, economy collectibles. I can't remember the name of them. It's all like dour and sad gothic anime shit like you're purifying these souls and getting these like cool sad cutscenes of people like dying for their family and like jesus wishing that they had done more for the the kingdom or whatever the bastard sons you know sad all that kind of stuff sad anime um but yeah i'm like at the final boss i think and uh i i got to that last night might be able to finish it tonight but i'm not sure and then I was thinking after this, uh, sort of getting into the October season with a, a scary game, I was going to pick up Signalis and uh, pop that in the old Switch and give that a play. Because that's like a PS1 kind of throwback um, survival horror kind of game that I've heard really good things about. I think that came out last year, but I want to play that next. Are you still in sort of a post-Zelda lull where you're just kind of doing these bite-sized games and sort of waiting until your winter RPG no, nah, not really, because a few weeks ago I was um, playing pretty regularly. I was playing uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, and that's not like a bite-sized game. That's like a, a forever game. So I've just been trying to pick away at the backlog because I've bought so many games recently that I feel like I need to play some of them. And it's just like me justifying my collection hobby a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, I love turning my hobbies into work. The easiest thing in the world is to just sit on your phone and like look at it. Can confirm. But it feels better to do anything else. So if I can gamify doing anything else to the point where I'm also enjoying it, then why is that weird to do? Well, it's not weird to do. It's just... Uh, you kind of made it sound weird to do. In my experience, though, I'd be like forcing <laughs> myself to do things. I'm like, I'm not having fun. I would rather be scrolling on my phone. The difference is you're actually having fun doing it. So that that justifies itself right there. Okay. I'd have my spreadsheets in my backlog and I'd be like, all right, today I have to play Super Metroid or like Link to the Past. Like I have to get to Shovel Knight, King of Cards. 
Ah, Shovel Knight is such a good game, though. Love that fucking game. Have you played any of the the expansions? I tried to play the first the first one that came out. I didn't like it. First one's the worst one. Don't play don't play Plague Knight. Plague Knight's terrible, but holy shit, Spectre Knight's fucking fantastic. Spectre Knight rules and King of Cards is really, really good. You'll love the card game too. It's like a tile game. Awesome. I devoured those expansions. Oh God. Spectre Knight was oh, King, King Knight was good. King Knight was good, but Spectre Knight was really damn good. I might have to revisit it at some point in the future. Yeah, you should. Put it on the spreadsheet. No, Nick, there's something really satisfying about like getting through the old backlog or at least a chunk of it because it's an eternal task, right? Unless you're Nate and have a true devotion to backlog removal. Like last fall, I think it did like five, six games maybe that had just been sitting in my uh, uh, my Switch card carriers. Uh, it felt really good to just be like, oh, that's done, that's done, that's done, that's done. Like, all these, all these things have been like, I bought these. I should play them. I should enjoy them. Right. Yeah, I think all things considered, I've probably, I've probably played and beaten like ten games this year, like at minimum. Like if I count like Game Boy Advance and like the classic titles, then yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm not like, I'm not slacking in my hobby. <laughs> sure. And part of my issue was how I was just compulsively collecting. You know, I, I mean, I was collector pilled. I was, I was compulsively collecting things that other people said were worth collecting. And so I was just stockpiling, quote unquote, good games, but I have no experience with them. I have no context for these games. They don't mean anything in my life. Hi, Tiffany. So it was like a chore. I have to boot up this game that I spent too much money on to justify it. Whereas now I very rarely buy anything that I don't imminently want to play or have experience with. Like I was telling Chris how I'm going through my movies right now and I'm like watching everything. And my movie collection is 95% things that I have experienced before and then bought physically. And now I'm just sort of diving into the physical media for the first time. But they're all things that I have seen and enjoy and want to own. So I'm trying to be more intentional with what I do purchase so that I'm not, I don't feel the overwhelming burden of like, I wasted my money on all these things and I've never experienced them. Because that's not a fun place to be. Yeah, I think that's the, that's a pretty big difference for what we are collecting these things for. Whereas with you and your games and your movies, you are collecting the things that you have experienced. And I'm just collecting things that I want to experience yeah. or am told that I should experience, such as the games in our top 100. Like I, I want to have those games as well. Um, I, I don't think I'll be able to get all of them, but I, I want to get as many as I can, which is why I bought like stuff like Hades. Like, I don't think I would buy Hades on switch because I already own it on steam, but I want it physically as part of the 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 top 100 and it's it's like a surefire going to be on the on the on the top so it's like it's going to be part of the canon right yeah of like my gaming experience and i want to have a, a physical token to represent that the deep lore solo.to slash console crusade the top 100 is still the highlighted episode the spreadsheet with our top 100 in order exists there later in this episode we get called out for several takes on the top 100, guys. You guys get called out for your Halo takes. And by you guys, I mean Chris and me a little bit too. We get called out because Tony Hawk at 69 was just way too low. And I said, well, 420 wasn't an option. So it was the next best thing. Yeah, it has to. Tony Hawk's not moving. This is not up for debate. That is 100%. the spot for Tony Hawk, which really means it's like in the mid to low 40s, honestly. But 69, like... Come on. When it comes to our top 100, it goes one through 10, 69, and then the rest. Like, yes, it's yeah, an exactly. honorable top tenner. <laughs> well, you know what is never leaving the top 100, guys? Block. Call of Duty Warzone. Stop it! 
<laughs> this man is so plock pilled. Tell us about your your last night, your last hurrah, your one night stand. Later in this episode, you're going to get a lot of Call of Duty Warzone, but it's a, a pretty calm and recent conversation. We there's a lot we just don't get to get into about. I mean, it wasn't a proper retrospective. We didn't talk about the cheaters and the bugs and all the issues the game had. It was a very positive look back, but a very sort of cursory overview of what that game was. But what we didn't get to was the last night we played. Uh, we had sort of a rotating cast throughout the day. I shout out my buddy Jared at the end of this episode. He was with us for a while. Brendan was with us for a while. But it ended up being my buddy Spencer and my brother Andrew, both of which are dipshit assholes who wouldn't come on the podcast. <clears throat> so earlier in the day, I'm playing a solos match, waiting for people to hop in. And, you know, Servers are going offline at 10 a.m. on the 21st or whatever. I'm playing a game, and uh, uh, I am shooting a dude, and I get teamed by another player, and I get killed. And it says Iceman Isaac, which, of course, is one of three streamers that I have watched over the last couple of years. And my buddy Jared is watching my stream, and, and he's like, that's not Iceman, is it? I'm like, no, it's never actually the streamer. It's just some asshole with the fake name to trick people into thinking you got killed by a streamer. Well, Jared pulls up Iceman Isaac's stream, and lo and behold, there is my dead monkey body. And he is playing, so so I land back on the guy, and I ended up killing him. And I was like, finally, after all these years, like, killing a professional Warzone player. Uh, it was a good kick. Let's go. A couple hours later, a couple hours later, guys. Oh, it goes deeper. A couple hours later, we hop in, and we have a rando fourth, and he's like, bro, Z Laner and Joe Woe and Iceman Isaac are in this lobby. And of course... For me, those names might mean nothing to you guys, but for me, those are the three streamers that I watch. Joe Woe, Z Laner, and Iceman Isaac. And they're in our lobby on a team together. And I want to say, guys, I have never been a stream sniper. When my guys are streaming, I am not that guy trying to queue up and fuck with them or even help them. I'm not that guy. They hate stream sniping. It's, it's, it's a dirty word. It's a bad practice. Don't be a stream sniper. Guys, it's the last day of Warzone. You think we're not going to stream snipe him? Come on. Get the fuck out of here. My only goal was to kill Joe Woe or Z-Lane. I would have taken a Z-Kill. I already killed Iceman. He's not as good as the other two guys. These other two guys are like cream of the crop, tippy-top professional Warzone players. Joe Woe, the movement king. A game like Warzone 1, which is so arcadey in its movement and the things that you can do to completely break the physics of the game... And it's almost like an action platformer, not a first-person shooter. And that's a little bit of exaggeration, but that's almost how it feels as you start to learn the skill gap and master the movement. And this guy taught me everything I know, just watching him play for years, guys. Whew. So my only goal now is to kill Joe. We spend the next five hours uh, trying to get into their lobbies. Bro, they dumpstered us so many times. Every time we died to them, I'd clip it and I would make a clip on their Twitch stream so that I could cut back and forth between our perspectives. Dude, they dumpstered us so many times. Joe O2v1 Spencer and I, and on his stream, he says, get him out. Daddy's back. And I'm like, I just got daddy's back by Joe. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I got shot on by Joe. No way. Oh my gosh. Get him out, man. Daddy's back. Just feeding. We die a few more times. You know, we just, there's nothing we can do. They're just so, I mean, it's, it really 
truly illustrated as much as I've talked about how much better at that game I got over the years and like was in literally the 0.3% based on my Warzone stats in in wins and kills like I am the top of the top. No, 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 no. The top of the top of the top, bro. There is still such an enormous gap in ability that my brain couldn't fathom it. I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing on this replay dying to this guy. Like, no wonder everyone thinks these guys are cheating. They're not, but it's amazing what they do. So we get an engagement later on. I 1v2 these guys. I get Joe down. And you hear me in the clip. I got Joe I got Joe down. And I'm shooting him as he's down. And he's like two bullets from dying. And his buddy comes up and kills me. And I'm like, just devastated because I was this close. I outplayed him one-on-one, mano y mano, dude. Gun to the dome, I outplayed this guy, and I had him down, bro. And Iceman kills me. We get dumpstered a few more times, a couple different places on the map, a couple different matches, and we finally, it finally happens, guys. Andrew is their bounty. They pick up a bounty, so now they have a radar on where Andrew is. Spencer dies to one of them, and I say, Andrew, get to me now. Get to me now. There's a building. We're in Capitol downtown, and there's a building where there's only one entrance. There are no jump spots. There are no roof entrances. There is only one way up and one way into this room. And I said, we're going to ride it out. They're going to come for our booty cheeks, and we're going to fucking kill them, bro. I can't talk you through the clip because it doesn't do it justice, but it is like an intense gunfight. They're coming up the stairs. They're throwing things at us. We're throwing stuns, and we're throwing freaking bombs down the stairs, and they're just in and out and in and out and trying to get an angle on us. And it finally happens. Joe overextends himself, and I just track his ass perfectly. Boom, he's dead, and I freeze, dude. I'm like, that's it. This is the perfect last day of this game. We stream sniped him. I killed Joe the master. I, kill- I finally got him. I'm done. Except I wasn't done, guys. I wasn't done. I jump out the building. I track down Iceman. And again, I can't talk you through it, but it was just the, the play that I have become known for. If you were to look at my clips from the last two years, disengaging a fight when I know the guy has his first shots on me, I hit a stim, so it increases my movement speed and heals me. I disengage, slide cancel around a corner, immediately b-hop back, rechallenge the guy right in his face, break his camera, I'm shooting the guy. He does the same thing to me, disengages, slides out, tries to re-challenge me, didn't work. I got him. And you just hear me yell, EJ, insert clip. <laughs> I got you on this one, Chris. God! Wait. I ran out of Dude, if I would have found a sniff of SMG ammo, that guy's dead. And then, of course, Iceman Isaac being a little bitch. You know, Joe has got such a great attitude. You know, he's just like, you know, shit happens. He knows there are snipers. Iceman Isaac making excuses every time. I outplayed the shit out of you. So we team wiped him. We got him. It felt great. It was the perfect way to end. We were in such a blunder, but every time we died to these guys, you just hear me like, I just got killed by Joe I just got killed by Joe It's like such an honor, dude, to be absolutely dumpstered by these guys that I've been watching every day. I'm a 31-year-old man. I shouldn't be talking like this, but I loved that game. And I watched a lot of content, you know, of, of these guys with big personalities who just were the best of the best. It was a lot of fun. It was truly the perfect way to end a game that none of us will ever be able to play again. Ever. It is gone, gone. No version of it exists. It will never exist again. And it makes me sad. But um, we ended it on a high note. I got some great clips. They're deep in the Discord somewhere. They're a lot of fun. I'm going to miss it. You'll hear more about the game later. 
including a, a half hour solo diatribe about the mechanics of the game that I think I'm going to end up deleting guys because the game's dead. And I just was like reminiscing about all these things that I loved about the skill gap and these, these different mechanics that weren't obvious when you first started playing and how rewarding it was to learn those things every step of the way. And you always felt like you're getting better. And that skill gap wasn't insurmountable the way a lot of games are like Rocket League. Like I joke about not having the neuroplasticity to be that good at something. It's actually true. Like it's just those guys are on a different level. So this game having something that was actually attainable, you know, by grinding it out and that it was, I, I just don't know how to, I never got bored of this game, guys. People in our play group would be like, fuck this. I never want to play this game again. I never got off that game saying, I'm done with this. I can't play right now. I need a break. I could always play one more every hour, every day. And I don't know how it got me that hard. Nothing has before. Nothing has since the new game, especially that's a different conversation. Fuck that game. This is like such an anomaly. It will never happen again. So anyway, that was my week. Sounds like a very eventful goodbye. Oh, I'm sweating. I'm sweating just talking about it. Maybe I'm getting sick here, guys. I don't know. Chris, are you contagious? Yeah. <laughs> Through the microphone. Grats on dropping some of your heroes. That's great, man. And everybody on their streams yeah. saw E-Jiggle or Ball Pobble or whatever your name is in Warzone. Yeah, that's right. Drop them Both. on the last day of Warzone forever. <laughs> you have that forever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And you know, I instantly clipped it and that shit's public as hell on their Twitch. So dumpstered, bro. Dumpstered. Outplayed, bro. EJ, I wanted to have a quick question to clarify. When you say stream snipe, do you mean it in every aspect of the word where you had their stream pulled up and you knew where they were at all moments? Because that's what stream sniping is, is watching where they are and using that as an advantage, like screen peeking from the good old days, but via the internet. There's enough of a delay that I really wasn't getting advantage, like their moment to moment locations, like there was too much of a delay, like that would have gotten me killed. But I did know where to land every time I landed back in so that I could force an engagement with them. So... So yes, I was literally stream sniping them, but it, it wasn't enough of an advantage where I was looking at it like I had a live UAV up. You know, it was just right. all right. They're in fields. They're at that building. I'm going to mark that on my tack map, and I'm going to creep up on it and see if I can get into a fight that I can actually win. But like, if the delay was small enough, I would have known Iceman Isaac was creeping up behind me instead of pushing with Joe Woe, and I would have maybe killed both of them. But you know, I didn't have that information. And that's super ratty. So I'm glad it worked out the way it did. I'm sure they were pissed. They were getting sniped because they just wanted to have a good game and people were just always looking for them as you do, you know? Yeah. And if they really didn't want that, they, they could have added more of a delay. You can stream with like a five, 10, 15 second delay if you want. Right. Yeah. And it was probably a five or six second delay, um, which is like a big deal. I mean, a gunfight, that's not helping you at all. I mean, gunfights are a few seconds if it's, you know, really yeah, that's a long, off. that's a long engagement for call of duty. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm a dirty fucking stream sniper, but you know what I didn't ever do? I never bought wall hacks. I didn't get a Cronus controller. I never got fucking uh aimbot. This game had such a long run with, I mean, probably the worst cheating in the history of fucking competitive video games. Truly horrendous. The stuff you would see in this game. And I never did it. And as much as I joked about, hey, the last week of this game, I'm going to buy all the fucking cheats and I'm just going to wreak havoc. I didn't do it because I'm a man of integrity sometimes. Okay. I'll stream snipe you, but I will not cheat. So that's that. That's that. You know, in the manual for Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, they advocate for you to 
look to your opponent's screen in order to gain information about what part of the battle arena that they are currently driving in. <laughs> Nick, you have critical hits, the quiz show. Yes, I do. You're going to torture us. You're going to pit us against each other. As if last week's uh, drama, Chris, wasn't enough. There's nothing to be torn when only one man has editorial power. I okay. learned my I learned my I learned my lesson, senpai. <laughs> Insert clip. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I've just been rapidly throwing together a spreadsheet to help me keep track of uh who is winning and who is losing because it's going to get a little bit more complicated than it was last time. I've added a a, a fair few little wrinkles to this. So if you do not remember Critical Hits is the hit and fully original game show where I ask you to supply me with a game that fits a certain criteria. Last time with Brennan, we were going through the previous years in a sort of homage to our league update. And we were right. asking, uh, what was the best game of 2022, 2021, 2020, etc. This time, I'm not going by years. I'll be doing different categories. Oh. And I will be keeping a list of these games to ban them from being utilized in further questions, whether this is a ban forever or just a ban for a certain period of time. I just want to discourage one person saying, Oh, this game in a franchise. And then the next person saying, well, this other game in that same franchise and it getting extremely boring because both of you are highly competitive individuals who will game the system any way possible. So I have to think ahead of you motherfuckers. <laughs> Good okay, fucking luck with that. <laughs> Hands up here. I want to see hands on the head. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I don't want you to be looking things up. I want you to just go straight off the dome and to make this a little bit more equitable. Instead of doing one game each, I'm going to ask you to do two. We're going to snake draft these games. So whoever goes first doesn't have an unfair advantage. And because we're doing multiple games, I will divvy out points as the number one game will get four points. Number two will get two points. Number three will get one point. And the worst game will not get any points. So even if you do get the number two and three games, you're not down all that much. You're down, you got three points versus four. So I'm hoping that this will lead to a more competitive uh, sort of placement of the points. I'm so bad at being put on the spot. This is terrifying. My hands are here. You can see my fingers. I'm not cheating. I'm, I'm not typing nothing. I will be using the platform metacritic.com. I will choose scores based on what is the most beneficial to you outside of a platform specific uh, category. So if I'm asking about the best Xbox one game, I will only choose reviews for that system. Um, other qualifiers that are, you have to convince me that these games fit into this category. And if you can't convince me, then it's just a, it's just a fail. I will oh, be beneficial. I am a benevolent host slash judge. So bear that in mind. Okay. I'm trying to keep this a little bit open-ended, but I do have a theme for this week as well. I'm not sure if I should uh, tell you or just let you figure that out on your own. Ooh. Let's figure it out. Are yeah, you, I want to figure it out. Are you guys ready? I Okay, so I pulled up my previous list. It looks like Brennan got the most points, followed by EJ and then Chris. Okay. So I will let Chris start this week. Hold on. So we're not buzzing in here. It's not a race. You're, we're it's just, not a race. Okay. It's going to go Chris, then EJ, then EJ, then Chris. For question two, it'll go EJ, then Chris, then Chris, then EJ. Back and forth. Easy. And then after each question, I will look them up and give you your points. 
and then give you a running total of how you guys are both doing. I'm ready, Nick. Let's do this. Okay. Prompt number one, Chris. Name me the best game where you use a flashlight. A game where you use a flashlight. Oh boy. A game where you use a flashlight. The first the first two that leapt to mind cannot possibly be good. <laughs> well, that's you know, that's a strategy. Uh, <laughs> Don't say the bad ones. <laughs> Gimme Doom 3. I will give you Doom 3. Which is this is this all consoles? Yeah, any game. Okay, okay. Uh, the Last of Us. EJ with The Last of Us. Now, you're lucky because The Last of Us Part 2 is banned. So I'll let you know that right now. So Chris doesn't get that or you try to go for that for your can second Can we get one. a list of games that were in previous answers so that we cannot accidentally do that? Because I do not remember what the last time we did this. Um, I'll give you a quick uh, copy paste or a screenshot if that's helpful. Yeah. I don't want to actually yes, worry yes. about yep. sharing a document right now. Perfect. This is uh, our last... Our last one. So we have stuff like Last of Us Part 2, Control, Red Dead 2, Breath of the Wild, Doom, etc. I should have provided that beforehand. Thank you for that, EJ. All right. It's in the uh, voice channel chat, Chris. Yeah, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Okay, okay, okay. I would argue that because you do not have control over the flashlight in The Last of Us, that it doesn't count. But that's not for me to decide. That's for Nick to decide. Does Joel hold the flashlight? No, it's attached to their backpacks. Do you turn it on and off? Yes. Toggle it with R3. I'd say that counts. Yep. Mm, seems like you're Googling there, buddy. Yeah, EJ, let's see those hands. <laughs> Hand check. Hand check. <laughs> Chris, you too. <laughs> I'm looking at, uh, I am looking currently at the list of games that we. The band games. Yeah. So, okay. I will also uh, specify that I'm counting for band games. I'm counting remasters and ports. Okay. So just a clarification there. Okay. All right, EJ, let's hear your next one. Resident Evil 4. EJ has Resident Evil 4. I'm going out on a limb. Do we use a flashlight in Resident Evil 4? I can't look it up. I don't want to cheat. You no, you don't. I don't think I don't think in any of the Resident Evil games you use a toggleable flashlight. Nick can can verify for us. I'm almost positive there's probably a flashlight. No, burden of proof is totally on you. Can I look it up now that I've given you an answer? My uh, well Chris, you played the game recently. Do you use a flashlight in Resident I, Evil 4? I haven't played I have not played 4. In two and in okay, one, well, in two and in one, uh, it is you. You don't have control over it. Like some of the guns have lights, but most of the time there's no flashlight. I do not believe there is a flashlight in Resident Evil Four. And boy, can I just say that the new Metacritic layout is complete ass. Oh my god, what a bad website, Chris. While EJ f fervently looks up, <laughs> Alan Wake. Chris has Alan Wake. And the bad spelling of Alan, too. Hate to see it. You definitely use a flashlight now and wake. Say come back to me again, then. Well, I will quickly give out your points. Oh, okay, good. So we just do the, the, the four quick ones. Okay, no, that's great. That's great. Cool, cool. Okay, moving forward. No Googling until we've all, each of us have given three answers. Just two to answers. be safe. Or, so are we done, then? That's it for this? Yeah, yes. I think so. Okay, yes. okay, we are okay, only okay. doing two for each category. Otherwise, it would take an asinine amount of time. Right, 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 right. Okay, so... Our games were Doom 3, The Last of Us, Resident Evil 4, and Alan Wake. Uh, the scores for those being EJ getting four points for Resident Evil 4, getting a 96 on Metacritic. That's the original on the GameCube. Uh, EJ also getting two points for The Last of Us, getting 95 on Metacritic. And then Chris getting one point for Doom 3 with an 87. 
Alan Wake back in the day was an 83 on Xbox 360. Now, do we have confirmation there is a usable flashlight in Resident Evil 4? So he automatically takes it out when you're in a particularly dark area, but he does hold the flashlight and you mm, control the flashlight. You don't get to toggle it on and off. I don't know. Because there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games where you automatically whip a flashlight out. You just tried to say that toggleable flashlights don't count because he's not holding it. Does it have to be both held and toggleable? What are we talking about here? My phrasing was just a game where you use a flashlight. I would say having it out and you aiming it would cl- would be you using it. You turning it on and off and not being able to choose where it directs is also you using it. It's a different implementation. That's fair. I would say that is a game where you use a flashlight. Having it as like a sight or something. I'm going to abuse the ever-loving fuck out of this then. If this is the way yes, this please, is going. Please. <laughs> okay, yes. From yes, from now on, please abuse it. Wait, so why was Be creative. Be why, be creative. What was Resident Evil score? Uh Metacritic? 96. Higher than uh Last of Us. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. By a full one point. Spectacular. <laughs> Better game. All right. Next up. Hands up. Hands up. I'm Let's right see here. Hands. I'm right here until we're done with our answers. I want you, EJ, to tell me a game where you can be one shot by a big baddie. I have an answer immediately, but I, I think I, I think I need something with higher points here. Higher points. One shot by a big baddie. I'm not confident in my second answer, which would net me a lot of points. I'm not confident in it. To make it your first. Are, you say sequels are banned or just remakes and ports? Um, when you name a, a game that takes it and any port or remaster that it's had off the table. And also when you name a game, you would want I would want you to name whether you want the remaster or not. Like if you said Resident Evil 4, the remaster, then I would have taken those scores. And then the original game would have I also see. been banned. I see. Uh, I'm going to go Tears of the Kingdom for one shot by a big baddie under certain circumstances. Give me Elden Ring for my first one. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Damn it. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And Super Mario Odyssey. I thought about that because that's obviously going to be higher, but I don't. One shot from full health. You don't have health in a Mario game. You do in Mario Odyssey. You can get hit multiple times. There's like six health points in that game. Like boss fights. I don't, think you, I don't think you can get one shot in that game. You could get yeeted I don't think off can. of a platform. Ejected from the boss fight. Well, that's dying to out of bounds, not being one shot by a boss. If the boss knocks I would you have out of to, bounds. I would, I would have to require some some proof on that one, Chris. Yeah. Uh, EJ, let's let's get your, your final one. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 for the boys back home. Risk of Rain 2. I should have asked for this clarification sooner, and now I'm like deeply regretting this. But do I just, does that just go off the board completely, or do I get to reselect? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's gone. Also, Mario Odyssey is banned, by the way. You chose that last game. Uh oh. Well, uh oh. Uh oh. Well, let me pick a different title. Where is our chat? flagrant disregard for the rules man i feel i felt like i was where pretty clear. where is this like is this in <laughs> it's it's not in uh, our chat between the three of us in the the voice channel to your left there's a little text box that says open chat that's the chat that we're talking about so in the console crusade voice channel chat uh-huh i sent the uh screenshot you should have said something earlier if you didn't know where it was i ej specified i'm but- sorry i'm discord stupid i thought it was in our chat between the three of us how do i open the chat in the voice channel it's a newer-ish feature, I guess. I mean, oh. they've had it for like a 
Oh, it's annoying. I I don't get like it doesn't make sounds when you get a notification in the it's dumb. But yeah, it's kind of poorly implemented. I would say. Okay. Well, I would sure like to be able to pick something. Okay, since this is growing pains, I'll give you another guess. But hands off the keyboard, motherfucker. (laughs) See, I might have guessed a different game than than freaking. Oh well, you're still very far. Sorry, I'm a boomer. I'm a boomer. All right, give Chris a give Chris a title. Uh, a game you can get one shot by a big baddie. A big baddie. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original. Final Fantasy VII, quote unquote, the original. As someone who has been one shot by Ruby Weapon a lot of fucking times, <laughs> I can tell you, I guarantee, goddamn to you, you can get one shot. I never, still never beat Emerald Weapon and Ruby Weapon. Boy, I got to tell you, there are so many Final Fantasy 7s that it's nigh impossible to find even the original. That doesn't surprise me. What a pain in the ass, dude. I can find Rebirth before I can find the original. Final Fantasy 8 shows up before Final Fantasy 7. What the f- Crisis Core is the number one result. <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Uh, for the record, you cannot get one shot in Mario Odyssey. The closest thing to getting one shot is getting hit by like a firebomb that drains your health really, really, really fast. But that is multiple hits. Yeah, good to know. Based on my research. Uh, not that it matters because that game isn't on the board anymore. But So in the event of me not being able to get a meta score for the PlayStation game, I will, I guess, give you what the, the remake because there literally isn't a... Uh, a score metacritic i'm googling yeah that, that can't be true there's a, okay i'll read <laughs> that can't be true wouldn't that be nice i've got crisis core i've got seven remake seven remake intergrade seven for the switch and more it says i don't even know what that means how do i get just you can you can go to the playstation one it's got a 92 yeah i was gonna say if you scroll down on the switch page it says all this website is so bad it's terrible i'm not arguing that at all it's awful but it is a 92 on playstation yeah view all platforms next to the nintendo hey neither of you should be on metacritic at all so i you know what what? i'm backed up ej you were doing a good act of sportsmanship in trying to help us find the answer to a game that wasn't even EJ, yours, let me I see your keyboard. It. EJ, pick up your keyboard. Move it away. From, okay. I'm on my laptop. This is an asinine. I'm not charade. cheating. We're not cheating. It's not like you've given us a list of questions. It's not like I was also looking for a game where you wear shoes while we were also looking <laughs> up the Metacritic score. Death okay? I call I, Death Stranding. <laughs> 92, Chris. That's for you. Y'all are motherfuckers. This is great. We're having a blast. You can't stop me. Okay. So the results for a game where you can be one shot by a big baddie with the tie at 96. Tears of the Kingdom and Elden Ring both have a 96. Decimals. Give me the Dewey. Give me the Dewey numbers. You both get four points. I'm not doing Dewey decimals. This isn't fantasy. Okay. Oh, now we're not doing (laughs) imaginary decimals that don't actually show up on the website it's being pulled from. Oh, now they don't exist. Okay. Yeah, because this is a different game, EJ. (laughs) You know, different games have different rules. You know, if you score a basketball into the hoop, you don't get seven points. It ain't football, dude. He only Come plays on. Warzone. And those are the only rules he knows. Can I slide cancel an open critic? I don't think so. With two more points, Final Fantasy VII with the 92, apparently, and then Risk of Rain 2 with the, the 85 will give you one point, EJ, because I am a generous person with these ties. Yeah. You're welcome. Next, Chris. Wait, 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 a wait. A game Isn't where... It me? 
No, you started last time. You started with Tears of the Kingdom. I started last time? Yes. Yes. Chris. Yeah. A game where you are in the woods. Super Mario RPG. EJ. Bloodborne. Bonus point if you name those woods, EJ. I see <laughs> this is stupid bitch. This is where my playthrough <laughs> ended with <laughs> I, I was in these damn woods, motherfucker. I know they exist. <laughs> I know it. All right. All right, EJ, give me another one. Uh in the woods. Um see I could be just a cheeky piece of shit right now and guess something that would be high points that I don't know for a fact. That counts though, right? And you can confirm for me if I were to say, for example, EJ, if you say something, I'm going to write it down and then the burden of proof is still on you. I mean, I'll gladly Google something after the round is over. Yeah, you can you can totally do that if you want to take that swing. Um, burden of proof is on me. A link to the past. Chris? That's a great answer, first of all. No offense. That was a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough, huh? I I know what I want to say, but I'm not. I'm just going to do it. It's good radio. Baldur's Gate 3. Chris with Baldur's Gate 3. Can we Google now that uh, the round is over? Yeah. What do you have to Google, EJ? I don't think we need to. Link to the Past clearly has some woods. Yeah, it's where you get the Master Sword. (laughs) I want to know where freaking the woods are in Baldur's Gate. There's probably a forest. There has yeah, to be a forest, I mean, right? I'll, I mean, a D&D yeah, game. Like it's, it's got to be. There's got to be, but yeah. I will. It's, it's literally called forest. God fucking damn it. That's really funny. <laughs> damn it. Fuck. Shit. Bitch. I don't know what the Metacritic score is, so I know it blew up on open, but I don't I don't know what the, the Metacritic score is. It's pretty safe to say it's a very high Metacritic score. You are also, you guys are going to get a uh, a rude awakening when you realize that this Still has a a uh, a date sort of time limit where there's not enough reviews for a, a an aggregate, and I don't know if they went and did like they pulled reviews from magazines. I think it's still strictly primarily internet based reviews. So you're being very risky if you're going before the year 1996. So for example, Super Mario RPG does not have a score on Metacritic. What? Oh fuck! So I hadn't considered this, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I've seen it. If you can find it. I mean, I, I searched Mario RPG. What else would I search? I'm not going to search Legend of the Seven Stars. I think that's a little bit less specific. I don't know. Home. I don't know. Home Slice. I know. I know it's on here. And it's not. same with A Link to the Past. However, there is the combo cart on Game Boy Advance that did get scores. Oh, for Link so to the past, four we, swords. Just, we just sliding in titles that weren't specified same game same game i would have done the same thing for for final fantasy 7 because it has been re-released so many times had it not been the playstation version i would have taken the next best one you know i'm still searching give me a second however that's still not enough for ej to score the win because chris you did get four points for Baldur's gate 3 sitting at a, a fatty 96 Link to the Past, Four Swords is at a 95, so EJ gets two for that, and Bloodborne's at 92. Another one for that. There used to be a Mario RPG page. I'm, I'm looking at the cache. Did they overwrite it for the, the new one, the, or the remake? Because that's the only one I found was the TBD for uh, November this year. So this is Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, release date September 1, 2008. Oh, but that's the, that is the like a Wii, Wii VC. Wear. Yeah. There's no score on this at all on the cache version. Yeah, not to mention their search breaks uh, about 50% of the time I try using it. EJ, get off Metacritic. You're not helping. 
I will be, I will drive the Metacritic. So, okay, so Chris, fucking Baldur's Gate, you son of a bitch. All right. EJ, you're starting next. Okay. EJ, give me a game where you fight zombies. Are we being really strict with the definition of zombie here? You're going to have to convince me. Yeah, I am the arbiter. And I guess The Last of Us 1 and 2 are, are off the board, so it doesn't really matter in that regard. Um, those are clickers. and um, <laughs> That's hard. Games that have scored high with zombies. People don't like zombies as much as you fucking think they're. Uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead. Wait, hold on. Are you going to split hairs on the definition of the word fight? The characters whose decisions you're making fight zombies? That counts, right? I don't know. Seems like a risky pick. Come on. This is, this is stupid. Yeah, put it down. Yeah, your characters fucking fight zombies in that game. I trust you. I've never played it. I don't see a way to do this fairly, so I'm just going to... EJ, you need to give us a season. There are five seasons of this game. You need to pick one because they all have different scores. The one that won game of the year. So that'd be season one. <laughs> I don't know. It's up to you to or pick Or is it number. a complete package? Because then they, then they all release in the same year and then they got aggregated and then that's what won. No. The. No. Fuck. Yeah. I guess season one. Yeah. Well, fuck it. All right, Chris. Or do I get to go again? No, it's snake style. It's no, magic. no. Um, yeah, EJ just gets two picks in a row. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. I don't know which when order. We... When you're picking second and third, then you pick two in a row. I don't know. I'm not keeping track. I don't know. You started. I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> He's just blacking out. <laughs> Chris, a game where you fight zombies. You get two in a row. My pick is Days Gone, obviously. That's not my pick. Don't put that down. Um, that's a joke. I'm that is a now. joke. Days no, gone. fuck you. For legal purposes, that's a joke. <laughs> Someone on their cell phone. Dinner. <laughs> chili reveal. Hold on. I didn't get a screen cap of that. That was great. The chili reveal. <laughs> I love that. Okay. 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 Oh, man, if I can give you enough descriptive language for you to get the title, can we count it? Because I know what this game is. I know what platform you have to give on. me the title. Oh, you have to give me the title. God damn it. It's not a quiz about what you know about games. It's a, it's what games, you know, But I know the game. I could literally tell you about the then way it's name played. it. <laughs> uh, uh, it's this game where you fight zombies and um, it's great and people love it. And it's scored in the 90s. <laughs> I love that game too, Chris. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Okay. I got answers for days. It's just that they're all 80s. Are you Googling? You checking? No, I got them off the dome. I just, I know they're all 80s. I'm well researched. It's got to be like the most common enemy type in all video games. And you can't name me one good one. Can't name me two. What are we defining as, as a zombie? That's where I'm getting hung up. Because I'm like, I have some stuff that I'm like, that's up to you to, to 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 persuade me that what you are fighting is in fact zombie. Oh man, I have zombie, so many zombie. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> R.I.P. Dolores O'Riordan, taken too soon. Gun down in her prime. I have <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> uh okay. Um so many answers. I don't know if some of them even have scores now that I'm thinking about it. I am going to give you I will make the case for this. Metroid Dread because the ex-parasite as we know canonically 
reincarnate deceased tissue and inhabit it. We see that in Quiet Robe at the end of the game. We see it in the Chozo warriors that you killed that are then possessed by the X and reincarnated. We see monsters that have died and are re-resurrected through infection with the X parasite. Uh, I think that certainly meets the criterion for zombification rising from the grave once again. So I'm going Metroid Dread. I don't like and for that. your second game. I know. And I was like, that's fucking one fucking title. Uh, can I not do any more Final Fantasies? Like, I picked seven, so the whole fucking series is just off the table now. I didn't say series. I just said you can't do Final Fantasy. Well, technically, Final Fantasy seven should have been banned anyway because remake was already picked, but I think that's different enough. They, to, yeah, they're they're It's remake and title only. Like, it's, it's a totally different game. Did I lose that one? I don't What's, like how this is shaping up. What? Why? You've won more rounds than I have. That's A, that's false. And B, I, I lose out. I have to give my answer after you give your Mario Odyssey and then you get a redo. Now we're now we're stretching the term zombie into We're stretching what using a flashlight is too, EJ. That's the whole point. There aren't zombies in Metroid. Uh yes, there are. Uh Dead Rising. Chris with Dead Rising. EJ. Torn between Dying Light, the original, and Red Dead Undead Nightmare, because that's a standalone experience. Let's go Undead Nightmare. Now, EJ, are they actually zombies in Undead Nightmare? Or yeah, I don't think I don't think so. I think that that's uh... much more explicitly than some some random alien that uh you know repurposes some tissue from a creature it's killed. Is Alien from Alien a zombie? Is that a Not zombie, Chris? Remotely analogous. Dead tissue, not dead anymore. That is a zombie. He's just wearing it like a cloak. It's like turning a bear pelt into a fucking robe. The bear's not a zombie. Zombie bear. It's not a zombie. It's just a person wearing a robe that used to be a bear. Zombear. Nick, will you score this fucking round? Get us out of this fucking round, please. This, come on. Yeah, this is... I, 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 I call bullshit. I call bullshit. I don't care what you call. You're not the arbiter, homie. Nick isn't making any decisions. He's letting us argue about it and then not making a decision. I already made my decision. I was going to say, like, Nick already has done that. He just is amused by He's biased because he's a Metroid fan. This cannot oh, stand. I need a third party wow. ruling. I'm calling for a point deduction from Mr. Olson for questioning the integrity of our chairman and arbiter. Okay, this is some sort of shady collusion. This is corruption at the highest level. And now you're trying to silence the opposition. No collusion. Nick, give it to us. Yeah, score the round, please. <laughs> e EJ, to be fair, being a fan of something can give you a bias one way or the other. If I was such a diehard Metroid fan, I could be like super anal about it. It's like, no, it's a parasite. It's not a zombie. It's not a zombie. It, it's totally a zombie. Like even in Fusion... They are they are straight up zombies like they're purple scientists that you're fighting. They're zombie monsters on the on the art. If you look at the art, it's a zombie. It looks like a zombie yeah. walks like a zombie. It's a zombie. So in dread. Yes, they are zombies. However. That only yields Chris two points because Metroid Dread got an 88. Telltale's The Walking Dead with a 94 gets EJ four points and then Undead Nightmare on the 360 has an 87, which gives EJ another one point. So. You're freaking out over nothing still. Just like usual. That is the EJ Olsen experience. <laughs> I'm shocked that Dread scored that high. It's a great fucking game. I will not be baited by this. Next round. It scored quite a bit less on Open Critic, the more trusted and reliable aggregate platform. I don't think that's How true. much less? 
Didn't he get an 86 was, on Open Critic? Nope, I think it was an 88. I'll look it up. You better not. I'm not. <laughs> oh, God. Open Critic search is so unusable as well. Just get to Google it. You just Google the game and then Open Critic, and that's the first result. 87. Yeah, only 87, one point okay. difference. Okay. Our fifth and maybe final round. I've got two more after this. If you want, like this is totally up to keep you whether or not pumping. you want to keep, keep it Bring running. it on, okay, baby. Got... This is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got three more for you then. Okay. Uh, that was EJ starting last round. So Chris will be starting us this round. Name for me a game where you play as the bad guy. And again, I know this is pretty open-ended and I phrased it in such a way so that you have a little bit of wiggle room. You got to convince me. You got to say, you know, this is why I think this fits the criteria. And then I'll let you know. Yes, that that totally works for me. Or no, it doesn't. I got an answer, Chris. I need you to I need you to hop, skip and jump to it. EJ, you were waffling on picking a zombie game for like it felt like an eternity. Not nearly as long as Chris took to pick a zombie game. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. It was a long time, too, but we were still (laughs) busy arguing about. The Walking Dead and which season we were talking about or whatever. It felt like it went by a little bit quicker. But yes, it did take Chris a fuck ton of time as well. <laughs> I might have to instigate a time limit rules too. I mean, I thought I didn't think that would be a filibuster and an empty silent filibuster nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like if you're going to hem and haw, don't do it silently. You know, give me a running commentary in the mind. I know you're right, trying to keep right, right, right. off the trail, but whatever that even means. No, we're, we're afraid <laughs> of revealing any potential... Future answers. Baddie, baddies, bad guys. Oh, God. There's their, there's your gray. Oh, um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I would argue that even if you play a dark side character, there is no argument. You cannot win this argument. No, stop talking. You know, you're wrong. Just give me your game. No, dark side. Dark side is. You literally, spoilers for Night Seal Republic, have to murder two of your party members. Bad guy. Give me your game. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and then I get another game, right? God of War Ragnarok. That's preposterous. Is, is a bad guy. He's a murderer. He's the God of War. Was the okay, God of War. Is Mario guy. a bad guy because he stomps on Koopas? The can <laughs> <laughs> The cannon? <laughs> the canon storyline of Knights of the Old Republic is Revan's redemption. So if you want to really split hairs, but you don't have to do that. You can play him as a bad guy. You can play a bad guy. I can guy. play guy. I can play fucking Kratos as a bad guy. You know what? No, you can't. People I murder. You literally go into Alfheim and murder an entire race of beings. Is Nathan Drake a bad guy? Is Altair a bad guy? Is Ezio Auditore da Firenze a bad guy because they kill people? No, of course they're not. That's crazy. That is crazy to suggest Kratos Kratos is a bad guy, especially, especially in Ragnarok, where they lay out in no uncertain terms how big a piece of shit Odin and Thor are. Thor kind of gets his redemption later on, but Odin especially is an absolute, absolute pile of shit. And Kratos is 100% in the right with all of the things that he does just because he happens to kill people. That's wild. That's wild. Still a former God of War, kills innocent people. And there's even a line in those games where he says, we do what we must even if we're killing innocent people because they are in our way. They are on our path. So he acknowledges killing innocent creatures just because they're an obstacle. He acknowledges 
Killing innocent creatures to benefit him and his son. That's crazy. Bad guys. That is Ragnarok. crazy. Yeah, that doesn't mean that any, that doesn't mean that he is a inherently bad, which is the whole narrative point of God of War and Ragnarok is that he is Who not inherently, is inherently a bad, bad? Darth Revan. <laughs> no. in, the, in a dark side playthrough of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. This is fucking crazy. We're splitting hairs. Kratos is a villain character. And I only play a good guy in Super Smash Brothers, but you can play as a bad guy in Super Smash Brothers. So I think both of those count. God of War is that's a that's a stretch. It's not a stretch. Kratos is historically a villain. Yeah, so you could pick him in one of the older games where he's much more villainous, but I don't yeah. think him in 2018 or the very little that I experience of Ragnarok, they portray him as a sympathetic character. They don't portray him as a villainous role. Big deal. They portray him as a sympathetic character. He's murdering innocent people. Yeah, just like I would say Joel isn't a villain in The Last of Us, even though some people think he is. I don't think he is. And I didn't say play as a bad guy. I said play as the bad guy. Thanos is portrayed as a sympathetic character in Avengers Infinity War. He's still the goddamn villain of that story, even though all of the motives for the entire plot moving forward are all acted upon solely by the villain who we're supposed to see eye to eye with on some level. They clearly show him to be doing something that he believes to be righteous. And the entire story is basically told from his perspective. And Joel is literally the bad guy. He murders a fuck ton of people. So many people that an entire group crossed the country to hunt him down and murder him in an act of revenge for all of the innocent people that he fucking shot in the face. It really comes down to how do you decide who or what a villain is? Because a villain and an antagonist are two different things, right? Is Kratos an anti-hero? Because he's doing terrible things, but in service of something good. Well, the only good thing it's in service of is like to protect himself or his son. I'm just saying that if you wanted more specificity, you should have said play as the antagonist because those lines can be drawn in a much clearer fashion, right? Kratos is the villain of that story from a certain point of view. But anyway, I disagree. This is a dumb game, bad game, stupid game. If I don't get Ragnarok, Chris doesn't get fucking goddamn... Knights of the Republic, canon ending. You're not a bad guy. But you can play as a bad guy, and you can have a bad ending in which you are the bad guy, the ruler of the universe, the genocidal maniac. Chris, do you have a second game queued up? Uh, I do like the Smash Bros. pick. Just by having another child, Kratos effectively began a chain of events that will see his son bringing down all the Norse gods, making him the overall antagonist of the series, whether he wanted to be or not. EJ, we've already discussed that Kotaku is not a reputable site for sourcing on the podcast. You wish I was looking at Kotaku. I swear to God, if I see this stupid magnifying glass, uh-oh, Paige, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's killing. It's literally killing me. I'm gonna... This is not the game in this series that I want to pick, but it is the only one I think that EJ is going to remotely let me get away with after he just lost Ragnarok. And so it's Mass Effect 3. I think that you could certainly make the same case that 2 would work because uh, Renegade Shep in Mass Effect 2 is like just space Hitler. He's awful. But the events of Mass Effect 3 specifically and the fact that at the end of the day, pre-patch, when they when they copped out and gave you the, the synthesis ending, originally it was either you are either going to cause the extermination of an entire race or you are going to cause the extermination of an entire other race. 
and in a renegade playthrough of that game. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 uh, genocide. Plus, also uh, characters like Morden Solis, who are actually like terrible and responsible for things like the genophage and like preventing an entire like alien species from breeding. But anyway, Mass Effect three. This is a very entertaining game. Thank you both for participating. Nick, this is I love this. Dude, this is awesome. EJ, because you're going to be a big bitch about it, I will give you God of War Ragnarok based on the merits of your pleading. Collusion! And Collusion! (laughs) It's a conspiracy all the way to the top! (laughs) And your uh, last minute research pulling up, I don't know, some random website, I guess. Well, I want Mass Effect 2 then. (laughs) It's a better game. No, you already chose Mass Effect 3. That does lead us to divvying out the points, though, which is um, my great honor to tell you that we have two ties, two pairs of ties. Both with getting a 94 is Knights of the Old Republic and God of War Ragnarok. So you both get four points for that. And Smash Bros. Ultimate Mass Effect 3 both got 93. So you both get two points for that. So it's a wash. Good for you guys. It's a wash. Mass Effect 3 shouldn't count, and you want to say God of War doesn't count. Yeah, it truly a, it washes wash there. Okay, so I'll say Mass Effect 3 and God of War Ragnarok don't count. They both don't count. You both still get the same amount of points. That's, what, that's my yeah. point. That's EJ, my shut point. your trap. A gentleman's wash. Take the points. A gentleman's wash. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> wash me, gentle sir. <laughs> EJ, I want you to tell me the very best game that you can possibly imagine with a save room. <laughs> You bastard. <laughs> is it on the band list? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Is it on the band list? Before I say it, you know what I'm going to say? Is it banned? I think it's allowed. This predates Metroid Prime Remastered. Oh, man. Not all of the saves are in rooms, but there are rooms in which you save, specifically and exclusively. That is so fucking funny. Damn it, dude. You son of a bitch. You got me good. What if I didn't say Metroid? What if I didn't say Metroid? <laughs> it would have been hilarious. I mean, it's already hilarious that you went specifically for the remastered, but uh, Chris. Because that score is so absurd. Wait, is the is regular Prime? Does the score higher? I'll rev- I will tell you that Fuck! later. <laughs> doesn't matter, motherfucker. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Not now. Uh, Chris, oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm living my experience here, boys. Read me the wording of the question one more time. Any room's a save room if you decide to save in it. Fuck you. A game with a save room. That is the wording. A game with a save room. Okay. So that rules out some stuff where the rooms are not designated as such. You happen to be able to record progress in them. Um, ah, see, this is where I'm like, I can't go back to some of these things because I'm afraid that they're not going to have scores now. Um, uh, I'm just going to do it anyway. Final Fantasy VI. You can only, the only designated places to save are in inns. Chris, with Final Fantasy VI? That's been on so many different platforms with the Pixel remasters. Like, surely there is a Metacritic score for that game somewhere. We'll find out. Chris, for your second pick. For my second pick. Do we have a kibosh on all 2D troids now because Dread was used? Is that is that what we're what we're doing? No, just the one game. Dread is the only 
Metroid Prime and Dread are now the only uh, banned Metroid games. Other M. Wait, it's not my turn. You. <laughs> it's a bold choice, Scott. We'll see how it pays out for him. No, hey, I can think. I can think of a better one. I can think of a better one. Um. Okay. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. God, it's been a long time since games had save points. Um. Let alone like designated little safe rooms. Um. Rooms. Rooms. God, that really muddies the fucking water. There's so many like things that have consistent save points, but not that they're in that, not that there is a save room. Uh, Oh my God. Uh, Resident evil two remake. I was waiting for you to just walk into that one. My God, with Leon just staring me in the face down there in the corner. That's funny. I see the talking chosen resident evil Two remake verbalizing really helped. See, this is Nick. This is why you make the big bucks. Cause you were like, not only is that going to be more interesting for our listeners, uh, but it's also going to help us find more interesting titles. It's good radio. Based on the wording of the question, I would say any game in which you can go into a room and sleep in a bed, for example, and that saves would count as a save room. Yeah, depends. Even if you could otherwise save elsewhere from a menu, if sleeping specifically saves the game, to me, that's a save room. But maybe we're splitting hairs there, and that is, you know, I don't want to put an answer down and then get lambasted for it and have it not count. You know, we got to talk through it here. You already spent your freebie on God of War Ragnarok, which is still such fucking bullshit. I'm trying to I'm trying to make informed guesses here, but it's just a shot in the dark. And then I hope that I don't get bombarded, double teamed, bent. Well, the over. easy way to avoid that is to just choose a game that has a save room. Define save rooms. Pretty self-evident. You define. Save oh, yeah. Just room. like zombies. Just like zombies. Let's pull up the definition of zombie. I don't know. There's there's more stretches that I would have uh, accepted, but that is neither here nor there. This is the man who played 24 minutes of Spider-Man 2018 and said he saw enough to understand what's going on. Yeah, it's, that is a very self-evident game as well. No, that's tell me there's more than just that. <laughs> I don't want to re I don't want to reopen reopen this argument now. But no, you wild for that take, Nick, for real, <laughs> for real. Save rooms. I guess I could just do the fucking cheap answer and just go. Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Just be a piece of shit about it. I mean, you could. That is a, that is a fully valid answer. Because I'm like, I'm thinking of like Castlevania games, but those aren't like rooms. They're like stations within rooms that you're otherwise doing other things. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I ruled Hollow Knight out for the same reason. I was like, these are not save rooms. They are rooms that happen to have benches in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, no, I th- I'm with you. I think that, I think that logic tracks. Self-policing. Look at us. Spirit of the game. I haven't played enough Castlevanias to really have a firm grasp on whether or not the rooms are dedicated to saving. That's like my personal view on a save room is like this room exists for one thing. Yeah. And it is to save. And maybe not necessarily like you were talking about, like you could save elsewhere, but you can also save in a room. I don't know if that's a save room dog. I think that's just a bed where you can sleep in. Skyrim. you go into the inn and you buy a bed and you go to sleep in that bed and it saves your game and then you leave. That's an auto save and that's yeah. for healing as much as it is for anything else. Yeah, I that that would be you'd be pushing a rock up a hill for that Listen, one. Listen, Metroid, bro, it, it doesn't it fucking heal you if you hit the save station. So like, I wouldn't know because I didn't use save stations. But but it is a room. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cell phone. That's rare. <laughs> All right, tell us. Tell us. A nice spread across the board here. 
I must say, like a straight with a with four points Metroid Prime Remastered with a 94 with two points Resident Evil 2 2019 with a 93 and then with one point at 92 Metroid Prime 2 Echoes Metroid Prime on the OG GameCube was a 97 EJ just so you know what was the other one 95 94 oh okay either way I wasn't getting extra points anyway but it was cutting close is there no score for Final Fantasy 6 is that what you're telling me Final Fantasy VI on Game Boy Advance is a 91. That's a fair, a fair score for that particular port. I feel like... If or actually, the- no, excuse me. The iOS version is a 91. The Game Boy Advance is a 92. So that is tied for two Echoes. So that gives you an extra one point. Yes! If I lose by a point... Scraping by. <laughs> Chris. Okay. For our final round on this nightmare hellscape of a, of a quiz show that I've... I've brought us along on. You're gonna be kicking yourself because you've already taken a lot of games off the off the board that this would qualify. But I want you to give me the best game with multiple endings. Yeah, we've had a couple a couple come off for sure. Multiple endings. No, there there will be a version of this that will have a score somewhere. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Damn it, you motherfucker! I was like immediately. That was my answer. EJ, another hallmark of games. A lot of games have multiple endings. It's not about thinking of all of the games in my brain right now that I'm thinking of. It's which one has a higher score than goddamn Chrono Trigger probably the PlayStation version, but the DS version might be higher than that. I would be shocked if the Super Nintendo one has a score, but it's come to so many platforms. So I'm now I'm just, I know it's going to be a mid nineties, maybe even higher. People fucking love that game. It's a mid RPG. I'll say it perfectly made RPG important for its time. Shut the fuck up and pick a game. There are a lot of better RPGs on the goddamn Super Nintendo. Come on, come on, come on. Tell me otherwise. How many of them have you played to weigh in with that incredibly Irrelevant. informed take? Yeah, that's what I fucking <laughs> thought. This is a podcast, okay? It's not an Inquisition. Final Fantasy VI is better, but Chrono Trigger is right behind for me and deserves its goaded status. Multiple endings that is going to be in the high 90s. Multiple endings in the high 90s. I'm I'm really at a loss here. I like I have so many games that are just coming in and out of my brain, but I'm like, no, that's like an 85. It's not even worth saying right now. Lest I, you know, I, I give Chris another good idea. Well, you have two in a row right now, so that does help. Okay, you. that's true. Okay, Fire Emblem Awakening. Ah, it's like a low 90s, dude. This is multiple endings that could have been like a 97. Well, not that high. I'm splitting hairs here, and this might bite me in the ass. No, no, I know exactly what your counter argument would be. Those are game overs, not endings to the game. Uh, yeah, I'd get overruled really quick. Shit. You guys are assholes with this one, dude. Chrono Trigger. Damn it. Self-policing. It works. <laughs> uh, you're in me now. You're in me. I'm sorry I'm taking so long. I'm really, I'm really struggling here. This is for all the bacon. I can name 15 fucking games right now, guys, but none of them are going to beat Chrono Trigger. I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Pick one of them. I'm struggling. We're crying out loud. I got to check the band list on this one. Witcher 3. EJ has chosen The Witcher 3 
Now, Chris, you have one more pick. Does that have multiple endings? Make it count. Oh, yeah. Hollow Knight. Fuck. Fuck. Nice. It's not, it's not higher than The Witcher. It's a chronically, it's not ranked, rated as high as it should be. But it might get me a nice two-pointer. I was going to be like Majora's Mask. They're going to fight me on that. Yeah, I don't think that has multiple endings. Not really. Um, so this is going to be very entertaining for you guys because I think I think you don't know how well games score sometimes. But the lowest score of the bunch, Hollow Knight with a 90 on PC. Unfortunate. Should be higher. Tied for second lowest. Chrono Trigger and Fire Emblem Awakening with a 92. Wow. And then The Witcher 3 with 93. Chrono Trigger also 92. lower than I thought. Wow. Is that the DS version or the uh, PS1 port? Uh, DS. The only other version that had uh, points is the iOS version, and that's a 71. So if that was the only one, can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be so fucking funny. That's a notoriously bad. All the iOS Squeenix uh, ports from the SNES are just terrible. Well, what's our yeah. running total? Our final scores. All things tallied up, making sure all the points are going to the right people. Got different columns for this and everything. Yep. 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 Chris, you have 25 points. EJ, you have 36. You are the victor for today's episode of Critical Hits. You, uh, despite all of your bitching and moaning. All that bitching. All that. You are quite victorious. <laughs> There's two things that I do. It's bitch and win, bitches. <laughs> Haven't won, haven't won anything in this group for years, but yeah, you you win. You totally, you totally win. Have you won the league before, Chris? You haven't won the league for two years, and when we were at the beach in the spring, you literally did not win a single round of any competitive game that we played. I cleaned your fucking clock. It's because you're used to playing games at 20 frames per second, and I have a higher standard. It was messing me up. The Mario Kart, I was, I was, I was skill issue. It was skill basically a, a stop motion animation. I mean, come on, it was unfair. It was unfair. These conditions that I'm forced to get in the mud and 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 roll around with you. It's it's just it's not it's uncivilized. Truly. Anyway, did you guys pick up on the theme? Flashlight, zombies. The theme was just horror games and like the vibes of the season being upon us. Oh, so right on. Spooky. Hallmarks of uh, spooky games being That's one great. shot by a big bad guy. There's lots of horror games where you're being just chased by some mucko. Mucko. Yeah, with great huh? review scores, obviously. Like, you're not going to be telling me like Five Nights at Freddy's. Some niche Five Nights at Freddy's shit. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. <laughs> what, did, what did Phasmophobia get? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. You know, that was the like, first game I thought of when you said flashlight for the record. Friday the 13th, where you play as the bad guy, like that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah, Lindsay was very helpful and uh, helped me pick up a theme and also brainstorm a bunch of uh, these prompts. Shout so out, Shout out. out, Lindsay. Only with her help could I make EJ just mauled in his chair for a, a solid like 20 minutes. To be fair, Lindsay, and you did a good job of doing that, but I do that every week. You, you make <laughs> me do that every week. <laughs> yeah, you just have a partner in crime now who's helping in my torment. We so. love it. Well, that's quite a bit of uh, that's quite a bit of stuff. I don't think we need to be touching a tier list today. We save the tier list, but we've got we've got ideas for just random content where we can sit and argue and talk shit. So, Chris, how you feeling, pal? I'm fucking toast. I'm done. I've I've been yeah, putting dude. out <laughs> so much energy just to be up for this recording, but I am I ran out of gas like 35 minutes ago. And I was tapping the reserves. 
Thanks for being a good sport. That was a lot of fun. No, it was great. That was that was terrific. I like I like that, Nick. And if this made a redux with some like winter themed questions, like I would just be pleased as punch. Oh, I am I am not short on themes, and I've got I've got plenty of ammo in the chamber for uh for future episodes. Whenever it pleases you. All right. Gentlemen, thank you. This has been the Casa Cruce podcast. I don't know why I said it that way. Yeah, I don't know either. I think you're a little bit I think you're getting sick too, bud. I dude, I am like literally so clammy and like hot and cold and sweaty. It's very weird. I'm having a heart attack or something. I mean war zone withdrawals. Bob Hall, Bob Hobble? Bob Hobble. Bob Hobble 2.0? Bob Hobble. Wow. Have we made that joke before? No. I thought this whole time that name was an inside joke that I have not been included in that revolved around some story of me in the past. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why I never really knew the story. Cause it was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just never been glazed over. Cause it's kind of has to do with me or something. Bob Hobble, Bob Hobble. I had never really thought about that. That's funny. How have you not thought about that? I don't understand. Uh, so b- the origin of ball Pobble, listen, Bob, we were in high school. I was like a sophomore in high school. And Andrew was in like middle school. I remember T9 text on the old flip phones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was apparently bragging that like I can type anything T9 without looking at my phone. Yeah, eyes closed. Yeah, dude. And Jake Vialis was like, type something then. And I tried to type Andrew is a ball sack. And it read it back <laughs> as Andrew is a ball pobble. And <laughs> ball pobble was born, dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Console Crusade podcast. I have not told my co-hosts that I'm doing this without them right now. I was about to say, how are you looping them in on this, or what's the... Yeah, I don't think I am. I don't think I am. We'll get to that. EJ Olson, not here with Nick Durheim or Chris Gillyfora this week, but with some new faces, some returning faces. Brennan Allen, you're back. Long time, fourth time. Who's keeping track? I'm not. Uh, we got Bob Hobble. What's up, Bob? <laughs> Present. Uh, and our mystery buddy, and a true enigma, who goes simply by Ben. Enigma. An enigma. Jeez. A true mystery man. It's my alias. We'll keep it at Ben. Perfect. Not having Nick or Chris on today because I want to finally talk about three years of this goddamn game that we've been playing, and I've not been able to wax about Call of Duty Warzone because I value my friendships with those people. And I didn't want to completely bore them with my irrational love for this game. This week, the game is dead. Officially, it kind of died last year when Warzone 2 came out. They shut the servers down briefly. They brought them back. We started playing again this summer. Dead to you. It was dead to me for a while. That's right. But now it's dead dead. It is gone forever. So I figure we're just um, going to talk some shit about this game that we loved to hate. I thought we were going to talk about Nintendo Metroid and how much it did or didn't sell over the lifetime and kind of get just lost on that for a second. But now we have to go back through Warzone and that's more pain than pleasure for me. Bob, you really didn't like you turned the podcast on for two and a half minutes and you were like, make it stop. I just I couldn't do it. It was like I just wanted to steal their lunch money or give them swirly. I got bully mode. You got to <laughs> choose the right episode. It, there's there's something out there for you, I'm sure. I think it's impressive that someone knows this much. And then the side quests you guys will go on to be like, I don't think it did well. So let's look at the money. It's like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> money. Uh, 
Yeah. Did you like our, our Pac-12 rant last week and NBA uh, World Cup? We just sometimes you, we just get so off of anything video game related. Talk about Space Jam last week. Space Jam. Mm-hmm. I actually did enjoy that that bit. See, uh, Nick is our numbers guy. He got a database. He's got a spreadsheet in his brain. So, uh, okay, Brennan, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're you're oh. the returning guest, so the honors go to you, my friend. When did we start playing this game? When did you start playing this game? I um. I played it like when it came out for a little bit, but kind of like most of the BRs, if you didn't have a friend group to play with, then it just wasn't fun to play. I'm trying to think like, I mean, cause it was definitely late 2020, mid 2020, probably when did this game came out March, 2020. I just looked it up March, 2020. Did okay. Really? Wow. The month, the pandemic happened literally. Yeah. What timing? Great timing for me. Good Lord. Epitome of COD timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember like when we really started getting into it. It was obviously like late 2020 because we played Destiny a whole lot that year. And we played a lot of Destiny. So much Destiny. And then, and then, I mean, did we play like regular BR and then we found out about Rebirth? Oh, yeah. We played regular Battle Royale a lot. And let me tell you, I was really bad. And then yeah. old Bobby boy introduced us to Rebirth. Yeah, I remember you guys were like, no, I'm good on that. And I was like, we should play Rebirth. You're like, trust me. You'll like it. And then I ruined lives. And friendships sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a <laughs> while. <laughs> Dude, I remember I, my, my first Rebirth game was with you, Bob. And it, we were playing a quads lobby with only three people, I, with some rando, and we ended up winning. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had a single kill. I spent most of my time in the water tower hiding, but something about it, it was like poison in my blood, and the only cure was more rebirth. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows we play a lot of rebirth. I feel like you made a decision with this game because you are not a first-person type of guy. Not at all. Okay. So... I felt like when we started getting it, you were like, I'm going to get into this. It was less about like everyone else was playing it. So I got to get good at it. And then you went down the rabbit hole. It was, you were all in. We're going to unpack why that was and what made this game such a fun game to grind. And, and that skill gap and, and like all the different milestones of like learning a new element, you actually tangibly felt like, Oh, I am now better at the game than I was yesterday before I learned this thing. And just like that's total crack to me in a way that like Rocket League, I've played 2000 hours of Rocket League. I suck at that game still Like you learn to fly. And then what's the next gap? The 1% ever get there. You know, I don't know. Ben, you started playing this game at the very beginning, right? Yeah, I, uh, I was just thinking, actually, what what was before this? I think Fortnite was the big battle royale before mm-hmm. COD. And so that's kind of my transition was coming into the more realistic of COD. I played COD for you know, all my life. So moving back to it was pretty nice. And um, yeah, it was just the more realistic BR that came out. And then when you throw in uh, March 2020 around COVID, it just took off for me. Historically, are you like, were you a first person shooter guy, multiplayer or? Yep. That's pretty much all that I played multiplayer with friends, not a lot of single player games. And yeah, first person shooters for sure. Oh, Ben and I definitely played a lot of COD online back in the 360 days. Like Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2, yeah. Uh, Black Ops 2. 
We played a lot of Black Ops too. Yeah, coming before that, we were pretty big into Halo. Yeah, and then it moved into COD. Ben, you called this out in the Discord earlier about our our um, what did Nick call them? Uh, populist Halo takes about how yep. Halo is bad, <laughs> overrated. Which I just completely disagree with. Halo and Halo Two were game changing. They in started the, in, the game. You yeah, anything past that, I could get it. I could get on board with it being overrated. But the first two Halos were just revolutionary in the gaming industry. So. I had to mention that since uh, it was talked about in the last episode or two episodes ago. I can't disagree with you. Halo, obviously, the advent of casual online gaming. Yeah, it was massive. So, you know, we like to get a little hyperbolic sometimes. For the record, Chris and Nick, collectively, when we did our Console Crusade Top 100 video games of all time, they collectively put Halo 2 on that list. So Where, though? That's when the Xbox came first showed i mean there's so much around what halo was i think and just the culture if it's above 50 i'll forgive them if it's uh if if it's below then i'll still hold it against them okay we're gonna find out right now solo.to slash console crusade there's a spreadsheet with our top 100 video games of all time halo 2 definitively the 39th greatest game in console crusades estimation of all time okay right above rocket league and right below assassin's creed 4 black flag Shout out to the boys back home. That is a weird place for that thing to sit. I gotta say. <laughs> that is an unhinged. Dude, you weird should see spot. this list. Let me put this list in the Discord for you guys. It is. It is weird. This was a six-hour edited down to six-hour podcast of us mostly arguing about what deserves to be here and in what order. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in here so you can appropriately roast us. <laughs> but anyway, Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, we started playing it a little bit a little bit after it came out. I think, Brendan, we were actually... I think we were like maybe the first season of Cold War after Cold War came out. I think that's right. So later in the year, that would have been November-ish. Uh, maybe we started playing it more like towards January. I don't know. But the thing about Warzone, in my estimation anyway, that made it so great was the skill gap and the ability to just do things you couldn't even imagine doing with the movement and, and whatnot, but also like it, it rewards players for playing really aggressively and it rewards players who play more slowly and more tactically. Like you can play either style if that's what your group is committed to and have just as much success as the other one. So in that way, it appeals to guys like Joe who are just insane sweat lords or casual people like us who just want to sit and camp with our rocket launchers in the corner. And as long as you're, you're moving intentionally and thinking critically about what's happening in the game, you can have just as much success. And so to, to strike that balance between casuals and like grinders, I feel like a lot of games have not been able to do. The two things that make this game the most unique, though, were the gulag and being able to buy your teammates back, which I think is like a cute thing on the surface, but what actually comes down to it, like being able to regain like that and, you know, bring people back, pivot in the middle of a game to like, oh shit, there's only one or two of us alive, but we can get our guys back and, and completely change how we're doing this. And then Gulag, like, that's the most gamer thing. You die, now you drop into 1v1 someone, and if you <laughs> nut up, dude, you're back in it. That is just like gamer juice, dude, right? I think for EJ too, there's two things with this is, for me, as a very casual or try to be casual gamer. It gives you everything you want. Plus the strategy with your friends all the time. Every game's new. 
you can just go and it's nice and you can hang too. It's, you can learn, you want to get better. It's a whole thing. You can suck and still be right. okay. Um, totally. It's funny talking to EJ about this. Cause it's like talking to someone who just found out Nirvana was cool because you <laughs> came in to Warzone, Whereas like we played, I played call of duty, you know, since I was in middle school, probably it's crazy. Or like, you know, high school. Um, I, I played like I, I was all modern warfare two and black ops and modern warfare three, like okay. at, at its heyday. We, I played that, but I hated it. Like I didn't, I wasn't good at shooters. I've never been good at shooters. I'm still not good at shooters. Like we tried to play halo. I sucked at that. We tried to play like call of duty multiplayer just to like grind guns for Warzone, And I, it's just, I hate the spawn die spawn. Die. I hate it. And I suck at them. The the BR formula, not even specific to Warzone, but just the BR formula, like you said, of dropping in, every game is fresh. Like you have to work together with your team, like tactically, you gotta think strategically, uh, and and react quick. And that's what I get off on is like thinking quick, making decisions, trying to work together, mostly failing and screaming at each other, which is also a lot of fun. But then Warzone took it to another level with loadouts, was the other thing that they did uniquely having a drop where you can get your customized guns and and perks like that had not been done in a br before and i think purists they were a little angry about that because like well this kind of goes in the face of what a br should be and to be fair it did present a lot of balancing problems over the lifespan of this game as different guns were introduced and different guns were busted and they would nerf things that people loved and and it created its own little ecosystem of hell but that's the other thing that people felt like even though I'm dropping in and I'm looting and things are different, there's a sense of ownership over like, this is, these are my guns that I crafted mm-hmm. to my specifications and my play style. And when you give a little bit more agency over what a player can do, people feel way more invested and way more attached. If you would have told me that I was going to be on YouTube watching a short about a customized loadout that I couldn't wait to share with you guys, <laughs> 30 years old, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference. That's that. That's one of the few games will make you get into it like that, though. One one thing to add um, about everything you just said, differentiators that brought this game to the top was um, pacing. You know, being able to do everything so quick, get your loadout so quick. I mean, it was everything was just so fast. You know, the adrenaline starts early, and it's just throughout the whole match when you're comparing it to other BRs that were out, like Fortnite or Apex Legends. Um, it's just a slower paced game. The time to kills are slower, um, which is great. I mean, it's it, it has its place, but that's what was different with COD. That was just, you know, drew you back every every time. Yeah, managed to toe the line between, I know this sounds stupid, but it was a modern, fresh BR in a space that was pretty saturated, but it was also Call of Duty. Like they managed to do both yeah. so well and they have not been able to recapture the magic with Warzone 2, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but that fast-paced nature, I think uh, that's what led us to Resurgence game modes. Um, yeah. which I, I know I've talked about on the podcast before. Resurgence is essentially just the end game of a BR. Um, smaller circle, smaller player base. Um, if you die, you come back after a countdown that gets longer each time you die. Uh, if everyone dies on your team... Game over, back to the beginning. Resurgence closes at like fourth circle or whatever, and then it's just a regular BR endgame. Brennan, do you remember your first introduction to Rebirth and and when that sort of became our like default way to play this game? I don't remember the exact moment, like when we first started playing it, but I do remember going back to BR 
and just having that feeling of mm-hmm. this is so slow and obnoxious <laughs> and I'm sitting watching somebody loot up trying to get enough money to buy a, one person back and then we yeah. have to do that again. And so like when we started getting into Rebirth, it was just nice because it was way more fast paced. We got to come back if we made a mistake. And it was chaos. And that's what I loved about it. It felt like I was playing more of the multiplayer mode from Call of Duty, which I loved playing back in the day, but then adding a whole new layer onto it. It's not a game unless you literally are like elite 1%, 0.1%. Like you can't jump in like multiplayer and just mute your comms and spawn die, spawn die, spawn die. Even though it was chaotic and you came back when you died. You still have to play with your team. And that is what appealed to me. I love, even as much as I hate it as well, I love being in with a group of four dudes and we're talking and we're moving. And it's always like the intensity is always right here at the top. Mm, Four dudes, all you can handle. Sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, Nailed it. (laughs) You said the pause you somewhat took after saying that too. (laughs) My biggest thing too is the timing. It's like I'm casual. BR, you can be in that thing for 40 minutes. You know, I felt it felt like you could be there forever. So to have yeah. rebirth jump in, it's like to go back, it's like, oh no, 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 no. And you get so much more action action. It's just all right there. When all you can do is hop in for a lunch game or two, you know, in and out, in and out. I got stuff to do. I gotta right. walk. Oh. There's something different though, winning. An actual BR match versus the resurgence. You know, most of what I played in Call of Duty was the actual BR. And winning one of those, it was just because it was uh, more of a commitment. It just felt so much different. But, you know, I I enjoy resurgence and rebirth as well. Winning those was was also a pretty good adrenaline rush. Ben, I think I had only won maybe a single BR match before meeting you. And <laughs> starting to play with you and Brennan. And, and and for context, I know I've said this before on the podcast in years past, but like, again, historically awful at Call, uh, Call of Duty and shooters in general. And when I started playing this game, I was so bad, like so bad, guys. I remember at one point, Brennan, do you remember I sat down and did the math? I had like a 0.4 KD. And I said, <laughs> if I average a 1.0 KD, I'll have to get 13,000 kills to bring my KD to an even 1.0. Yeah. Lifetime, I have maybe 21,000 kills in Warzone across all modes. I was at, so far on the hole, I needed 13K just to get to a <laughs> 1.0. Um, so I was bad. And what I loved, Ben, about playing with you is you were like, I'm not playing for kills, I'm playing to win. Mm-hmm. And early on when I was trying to learn all of, and again, we'll kind of dive into some of the the skill gap in this game, but I was trying to learn all those things playing with someone who knew the maps, knew the rotations and was playing to win, not just to get a few kills and die. That was huge. Yeah. Well, and rebirth didn't come out, uh, for several months after the regular, uh, war zone came out. So yeah, I mean the first four five or six months of this game was just strictly like learning the mechanics and then, um, essentially focusing on strategy, map positioning, rotations. And so, yeah, that's definitely where my focus is. I actually remember uh, one of the first conversations um, either with you or Brennan, I can't remember, it might have been both of you. 
you guys were like, oh, you you get you have a lot of BR wins. I think I only had like 60 or 70. We should play some BR sometimes. Get my wins up. And I asked <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I only have like one win. It's like, OK, yeah, we'll play sometime. <laughs> I don't think we played for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Oh, man, I remember the the first time that I was in a clutch up situation with you and Brennan in a BR game. And I remember we were just under the on Verdansk. What was that big like scaffolding, like a giant scaffolding out on top of a hill, like huge. And we were just underneath that thing and you guys had died. And I'm like frantically trying to pull a precision out, but airspace is too crowded. So like the animation is kind of trying to do its thing and you guys can't see airspace is too crowded. You just see me like, Bumbling halfway in an animation, and I finally realized, oh, I can't use this thing, so I'm gonna have to try and turn and shoot. And then I fuck, I just got melted. And Ben, you were like, "Yikes!" And I was like, "I didn't know what to do." I'm sure I was just messing with you, but uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was a big learning curve. It's a lot different game to, um, you know, regular BR to to Rebirth. Eventually, I ended up making the the switch and playing mostly Rebirth with you guys, which. I mean, that was definitely a much more fun game mode. I'm I'm glad I made the switch too. You're different after you made the switch. <laughs> you're never the same. <laughs> it was, you're so different. Okay, really quick then, because I want to talk about the maps in depth. I want to talk about our favorite moments and favorite metas. I want to talk about some of our frustrations with the game, which I think are maybe minimized in retrospect now that we've had a year of Warzone 2. You know, it's like... A, you can never really go back home again, and B, you, you don't know how good it was until you don't got it no more. I have this list here. Just when I was thinking about the skill gap and these different things that you start to pick up by by watching other players, pro players, streamers, deciding to be aggressive, right? Dropping in and saying, all right, we're not going to go slow. We're not going to get our load out and like sit in a building like we're going we're gonna to get a UAV. We're going to push people. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to die a shit ton. And there are a lot of things you start to pick up that kind of become second nature right and it all sounds so complicated but it was stuff that i didn't i didn't read this stuff i didn't watch a video of somebody telling me this is what you do it just happened by a playing the game and b watching people who are a lot better and you just start to do those things and then when you start to think about it and suddenly you just have this laundry list of things i keep talking about the skill gap and ways you can outplay your opponents and that's something that warzone 2 is sorely missing the biggest thing being the movement right in the first game we can talk about slide canceling and you know how you go into an animation with your slide and you jump to cancel it and then you reset your tax sprint you can chain it it's about the way you you can slide around a corner to to break somebody's aim assist and break their camera before they their game can catch up it's the way you can slide and cancel that directly into to shooting somebody without an ads penalty the way you could b hop without again no ads penalties like and just put your opponent on skates they don't know what's happening and once you start to learn those things while also keeping your your gun centered it gives you a massive advantage i know a lot of players hated all that i was gonna say i think it's very divisive what you're saying right now for some players for us obviously it was good but at the same time i think that's why the second one people may like more but that's also why you hate it so it's both, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they tried to balance, they tried to balance and make the skill gap smaller for new players and seasoned players. And it's definitely one way to do it. And I actually think they were successful. The skill gap is smaller. Much. 
but it, it's not as fun of a game. The pacing's definitely slowed down quite a bit. Um, and we'll get into some of their other changes, I'm sure. But yeah, movement has definitely been um, a big change that I, I tend to agree with you on is not necessarily good, but it definitely happened. I think it's just another thing is just like how like sniping, like it was fun in Warzone one. It was easy. And one shot down. One baby. Shot down, I mean, just what? And now it's just dumb. Now it's like not fun. I feel like. A, they took some early complaints about Verdansk and started building Warzone 2 and didn't look at a single piece of the meta, of the community thoughts, uh, the professional thoughts about the game. They didn't look at the ecosystem and how things evolved over the course of two years, two and a half years. They saw what worked and didn't work in the first three months of the game, started building the second game, and went off into their own world while Warzone evolved organically. And then when it did come out, Obviously, they're they're catering to more casual players. They nailed, I think, the balance, and they tweaked it as things went along, but they nailed that balance of my dad could drop into a game, my little brother could drop into a game. Uh, shout out Sam Palmquist, who tried to play with us for a few a few games. <laughs> like, dudes who could just drop in with no knowledge, no skill, no ability, and, like, hang, you know? People say, well, I'm sick of getting into sweaty lobbies and getting melted by by B-hopping, like, stimmy, sweat lord assholes, and it's like, I understand that. You know what would have solved that problem? Ranked mode. Yeah. Three years ago. Would have solved all the problems of people complaining about getting put into demon lobbies. And even that being said, the skill-based matchmaking worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. Like, how often were we actually in lobbies where it was like, this is unfair? Sometimes. Yeah, and it never lasted more than a few rounds. Or like, maybe, you know, it was that evening... You know, it's a Saturday night, everybody's out, and we look at our COD tracker, and it's like, oh, man, these lobbies are, we're getting put through the ringer tonight. <laughs> yeah. They have days where we're like, what day is it? It's Friday. It's Friday. Oh, my <laughs> God. We're in a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then we hop on Monday morning, and we're back to getting wins, and, you know, feels a little bit, take a breather. Nothing's better than a three in a row. How many did we win? You lose track of how many wins. Ooh, it's a Monday times. at, like, 3 a.m. You know, <laughs> favorite map. I already know everyone's answer. I feel like, but Ben, what was your favorite map? What was your favorite period for that map? Because a lot of them went through some pretty serious changes over the years. And what'd you love most about that map? Favorite POI maybe. Yeah. So because I mostly played when it first came out, um, I took a big break when Caldera was released. So I definitely have to say Verdansk is my favorite map. I think generally the overall consensus is that Caldera is a better map, but just because I didn't play it very often, I definitely have to go with Verdansk. What was my favorite time period? That's hard because almost every meta I thought was pretty well balanced. I was able to level up guns and play inside of whatever the meta was. And I had a good time. Um, so I don't really have a, a favorite meta on for Dansk. Um, my favorite POI though, I don't even want to say it out loud because it's uh it's just kind of embarrassing, but it's the prison on Verdansk. You land there, you load up, and you just camp with a sniper and you play for the win. And that's oh, what got me does. wins. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's what got me wins. The HDR with, you know, I can't oh, remember the talking. scope. You just sit on top prison, get downs, all four of you as snipers, wait till the zone. I mean, 
I don't um, know. That was uh, that was peak Warzone for me. I was the guy that was holding on to the HDR way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget it. You know, Verdansk to me, I mean, I played a lot of Verdansk early on, but this is before I knew what the hell was going on. Like, I spent the whole game watching Andrew and Mitchell trying to find cash for me, knowing that they're like, <laughs> please, God, buy anything but EJ. <laughs> castle was a dope drop. The heli right in the middle and the labyrinth underneath the castle um, and all those entrances outside. Like, dude, castle end games were crazy. How many times did we die to gas trying to get out of castle? Yeah. <laughs> the circle is pushing you. And it's like, I, I can't remember which floor is the exit on. In the end games, it would end out on the hills and you have just like sparse tree cover. Oh God, what a blender that would be. Yeah, there were a lot of other good POIs on Verdansk, but prison definitely was one of my tops. Uh, because I played for the win, I, I did mostly land outskirts, but I mean, uh, you have Superstore. That was always a crazy hot job. Sweat City, dude. Yeah, I mean, all the streamers storage, landed Superstore. Oh yeah, Storage Town. That was a good storage job. Was the one. That was the scary one. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm looking at a map right now. You have dam and military base, just like almost every POI was, was uh, feasible. Early on, it was Boneyard or Bust, dude. Drop Boneyard with the sweats. Yeah. Oh, Boneyard, man. yeah. Tell them about the honey hole, Bobby, for the boys back home. The honey hole. Jared and Dustin talk about the honey hole. Was that up at, was that at dam? Oh, it wasn't dam, but it was on like, top of dam. So it was kind of over. That was the spot because then you'd get, uh, was it a key card? What opened up the vault down low? What was it? I don't, I don't remember anything. I think it was a key card. It was like the first time the key card became a thing. And so it was so fun to do that because you drop right down into vault and then there'd always be another team right there because people would be falling into dam. But then it was a great place to snipe because you could see like three or four different areas too. It was great. And there was always money there. Now you're tapping into it because I think there was a chopper up there too. Yeah. yeah, Brennan, where did we always land when we played Verdance together? It was it was right by the airport, like in the top right corner. It was uh, it was, there like was a on school. the hills. It was there was a school. There was like the little houses. You guys are sick. Yeah, is that even a <laughs> named POI or is that no, a, no, no name? No name. Oh my. <laughs> no, but there was always a buy there, and there was the the two schools or the two buildings at the school, and then like a couple of restaurants or something right there. Um, was it near TV station? Was it further over? It was. It was in the middle, like between TV and military. Yeah. Okay. I okay. think I know what you're talking about. Like one square above them. I'm looking at the map right now, but it doesn't have like the grid. Did you refer to the map? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ping. Ping. Where's the ping? <laughs> <laughs> Quarry always sucked. TV station always sucked. I okay. I've talked sh a lot of shit about downtown, and I hate downtown because you just died anytime you peek your head out into a street. But like, if you were on top of one of the good buildings downtown with a sniper, ooh, watch out, dude. I just do want to give a shout out to downtown when they brought in Nakatomi Plaza. Oh yeah, oh, that hiding so in the fun. bushes and getting <laughs> the key cards. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you'd wait in the planters. Dude, I have so many clips of just hiding in the planters. Was that one of the first themed like diehard? No, I feel like I feel like Scream was before that. Like okay. they had done I don't know why I can't remember them, but yeah. A lot of yeah, Halloween no, ones. No, because they had, they had done like Saw and stuff too. That's right. That's yeah, because right. they, they did that with, it was like Stallone and Bruce Willis. And 
Bruce Willis, dude. Oh, Freaking die hard, man. That was a lot of fun. And so there were like three events. One was like a bunch of bots underground the plaza. You kill them all and you get the key card. One of them was like solving a puzzle on the top of the building, I think. Yeah. With like mm-hmm. different uh, things you had to activate. And I forget what the third one was, but everyone's rushing for this key card. And if you get into the vault, it's like you get a shit ton of cash. You get specialist bonus if you have the right card. Nine times out of ten, it took so long to even complete any of that that you just died of gas. I can't tell many times we just were <laughs> right on the line. Bussing out of the top of that tower as gas is coming. You just Oh, it's so much fun. Um, the Halloween events were a lot of fun, too. On Verdansk. You didn't like Santa? The Krampus ones? Krampus? Come on. I, man. I hated Krampus. Man. <laughs> or whatever that dude would say. The little <laughs> oh, the little elves. <laughs> like facing yeah. around. Well, the Halloween events were cool. A little spooky. But they had a few different ones. They had one where you like turned into a ghost or like a ghoul mm-hmm. after you died and you would like come back chasing people. Dude, the one year where like different boxes would just pop out at you and like jump scare you and not give you loot. Oh, it's my worst nightmare as a person who cannot stand horror anything. Yeah, the jump scares. I do remember that. And then if you like, if you can't too long, your screen would get fuzzy and like your scare mm-hmm. meter would go up and it would like pop something out at you to basically tell you to quit being a bitch and keep moving. Uh, Rebirth Island. By the end of this game, I had a thousand wins on Rebirth Island. So I probably played that map. What's the math? My win percentage is 15% and I won 1,000 matches. How many matches did I play? Over nine thousand. It's over over six thousand. Like it's like seven thousand or something. Bro, that's a lot of rebirth. It's a lot of rebirth. That's a lot of rebirth. Rebirth went through a lot of changes. A lot of minor redesigns. Um, some some altered and additional POIs like control got added that used to be construction. Security became um stronghold? Stronghold. It became stronghold. Yeah, okay, okay. And then prison got an overhaul in the last match, and they they fixed... They did a really good job. It's kind of interesting, because for the first year and a half we played this game, Rebirth was sort of a dirty word. Like, you didn't play Resurgence. And then after Verdansk got kind of stale, they did Verdansk 84 and went back in time, and it was kind of... Boo. It was kind of not what people were looking for. People started migrating to Rebirth and realized... Oh shit, this, this is the game to be playing. Raven started putting a lot more effort into fixing a lot of the problems with, with Rebirth and that map. Um, you know, fixing a lot of the POIs where people could camp out, just adding different ladders and stairways and just making it flow a little bit better, prevent people from camping and whatever. Bob, what's your favorite POI on Rebirth? Like, what, what was your spot? Where did you want to be? Lab. What do we always call it? Bio? Bio, but you have to say that was the EJ <laughs> drop of all drops. Bio. Well, Bio. Later on, they did the key cards over there. What was the you, laboratory? Is it called laboratory? What was it there's, called? There's chem on chem. So I loved it over there. I mean, that's where we went. That was my first win. Was it chem with you, bro? <laughs> right there. <laughs> my chemical romance, some would say. And I'm done. I um. <laughs> I, uh, that's all for me. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> I also really liked when they did the mini quick, the mini resurgences that they do on, I think they did it only on Caldera, but those were fun too. Cause they were super fast. You fell in right when gas was coming in and still got to rebirth. But anyway, with um, either that or it was uh, God, I'm, uh, I loved a good prisoner drop though. 
we just died go so right quick. in. I know, but it was fun. But when you didn't, it was nice because you could kind of move from the map from there because it was centrally located. That's why. I right. Bren, what's your spot, dude? I'm going to give an honorable mention to grandma's. I love dropping <laughs> oh, yeah, grandma's dude. house. Yeah. yeah. Right outside yeah. of prison. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, control. Absolutely. When they redid that and they put control in there, that was, those were the hot drops. Yeah. That's when we knew we were in for a good time when we were feeling some control drops. Control, man. It was frisky. Control was awesome. And it was such a better POI than construction. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Construction is where you went to die. If you had to rotate to construction to hit a buy station, dude, it's like good luck. The OG move was drop living, go yep. over to control. Yep. Living, dude. That was the mm-hmm. move. We did a lot of living drops and and living is is I would say the more casual drop if you're like, let's get our loadout and like kit up before we, we we push. But I love living. Ben, when we started playing with you, we went chem every game. Chem roof. Yep. We never even talked. It was just every time that was it. In zone, out of zone, didn't matter. It's just like we knew that was the spot. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. That's another thing that this whole game is. Once you get a rotation down and you have a group down and it just adds a whole nother layer of like, you just got each other's backs. You know where people are, you know where your friends are. You land there, you get wins and you just do it over and over again. Quick and dirty. And we have to give a shout out to, to uh, Fortune's Keep, the map they introduced at the very end of this game's life. Fortune's Keep had some cool, some cool places. It was a much more vertical map. You had to be much more careful with how you played. It was very cramped. So it was different, but it had its moments. But Rebirth Island, it was just the perfect, the pacing from POI to POI was perfect. So if you were rotating, there was a, a small chance you would get caught in no man's land without you know anything to do. Each section of the map was distinctly different. Every building, like Chem was so different from Nova, so different from Bio. You know, you, you weren't running into buildings like you are on Vondel and Warzone 2, for example, where every building is the same building and you don't know how to get. It's just like, oh, the, you don't know if the door is on the north side or the west side or the east side, but otherwise it's the same building. And it's just so frustrating and creatively bankrupt. To be fair, Resurgence Rebirth Island, again, was uh, Alcatraz, literally, but but from Blackout. So like, you know, they had some time to 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 really fine tune the parts about that map that worked and didn't work. Yeah. I think Rebirth 2, the size of it, it's so much easier to learn that map right off the bat. Like if you're new right. to the game or whether you love it or not, it just, you can get to know that thing so fast so you can actually be competitive, I think is why it was so fun. Absolutely. I know, Ben, you've got to get going pretty quick here. Yeah, I got about 10, 15 left. Let's jump into favorite metas and then we'll do best moments before you get out of here. Okay. What's your all-time favorite meta? If you, two guns you could choose every game, what would they be? I know it's a hard question, isn't it? <laughs> that is hard. You told me that before we came into this thing. We saw a lot of metas. Uh, every week or two weeks, there would be like drastic changes to what was viable. And their goal was to always bring parity, a certain level of parity to the guns so that you could feel good about using your favorite without being completely outgunned. It didn't always work that way. There was always a clear winner. So we used a lot of guns. Over the years. I think I was mostly an ARSMG person. The Grau meta and even <laughs> um, even when it wasn't quite meta, still slightly viable. Something about that gun. Recoil, control, Bro. rate of fire. I don't really know what it Reach. was. but That's Bob's favorite all time, dude. Definitely one of the top picks. Uh, SMGs are a little harder. There were a lot of good SMGs in my opinion. 
um, near the end, I think it was the Ots Nine was one of oh, the, the OTS, good ones. Yeah, the Bullfrog somewhere in there. Uh, both of those I really enjoyed for the the movement builds. But yeah, I'd probably go with with those. What are your thoughts on the both the upgrade system, but the attachment system? You know, you have like ten slots, but you can only fill five. Did you find that that was more obnoxious? to unlock everything, but then still be sort of locked into the, the quote unquote meta, or did you actually play around with the attachments and find what worked best for you in your play style? Uh, for me, I was just grinding for the meta. I did not mess around meta with slave. any of the attachments. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's part of the frustration of this game too, is, you know, you said it earlier, we love to hate it. Uh, that was one of my biggest complaints is just grinding for attachments or else the gun's not viable. Um, I'm trying to think later on in Caldera where they added the more attachments. It just felt a little more complicated for no reason. Because there's all these attachments that just made pretty minor changes. But at the end of the day, if you didn't have the right ones, still wasn't a viable gun. Mm -hmm. So you're just having to grind the same amount of time just for more attachments. The TTK was, was, and even after they added the extra health, still so quick. So every bullet counted, and, and that was a source of frustration for a lot of people. I think towards the end of Caldera's lifespan, ooh, not Caldera, the end of the game's lifespan, Caldera lasted for another year, but they, I think they did a good job of bringing parity. Like there was five, six, seven SMGs that you could reasonably use and 15 ARs you could use and four snipers. Yes, um, that is true. So they finally got it there just in time for it to die. Yeah, having more feasible guns made a huge difference because the grind didn't feel as necessary because if you just had one of them, you could still keep up. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Near the end, they had a lot more viable ARs, SMGs. I mean, even snipers. There were a couple that you could still use. Snipers, Bobby, what's your favorite meta? I mean, historically, the most... The longest time played was the HDR, but the Granko's right next to it. The tank, the anti-tank rifle. It, that's the one that, if I had to choose, that's the one. But I know the car was, it's tough. That one's tough because they all were different. In their prime, dude, all the snipers, all those snipers, you're just like, oh my God, just butt rippers. I mean, the Granko was tight because 10 round mag that you reloaded at once. You could shoot across the map with that thing too. I mean, it was yep. awesome. No fall off. Mm -hmm. One shot headshots no recoil whatsoever before the nerf mm -hmm. and i mean it, it was almost like a it was like a really slow dmr it was like a single shot like tack rifle like that just boom 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 with a sniper mm -hmm. it was absurd i know you're a big growl guy i know ben mentioned it but you're you're the growl even towards the end you, growl no scope didn't matter where you when were what time of day viable again when like they they warzone 2 was a thing and and they kind of redid the then they level everything out a little bit. The Cooper carbine still, I, I, for as much as I love the Growl, the Goomba Cooper is what you're going to go with, you know? That's just yeah. how it's going to go. But the Growl's was always fun. Yeah. Love. Bren, what's your go to loadout all time? Oh, FFA, dude. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yes. I loved yep. I loved the FFAR. I didn't have to have a scope on that. That thing was just, oh, I wish I could go back to that time and like, like bring the knowledge of the game that I have now <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. go back and just rip with it. Yeah. And then a little bit of a dark horse. I'm thinking about the SMGs that I liked. I, I really enjoyed the well gun meta. That was a fun oh, meta. 
well going rip for a minute. Yeah. Well going was that was a good that was a good month. I thought the Blixie was gonna be coming up. It was it was between that or the Blix, but the end of Caldera's lifespan, dude, when the when the Blix was the gun. Because it was sort of like the Marco the Blix, the Arma all had their day in the in the sun. Blixy, dude, the movement on that gun. I mean, you were fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> Just absurd. I was always about like I couldn't shoot straight. I always joke that like if you took my movement at the end of Call of Duty Warzone's life life cycle and you just gave me Brennan's aim, I would actually be <laughs> Joe O. Not quite literally, but like like my game sense and 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 my movement and and like my knowledge of of the 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 little things are way up here. My aim is way down here. Even even as good as I got over the course of this life cycle of this game, I still just hitting shots was not the thing that I did very well. And so I was always looking for guns with no recoil, fast ADS so that like my movement, like if I could get around somebody or I could hit fire somebody before I ADS, like I'm getting the advantage on those first shots because I'm not going to just hard scope someone and hit all my headshots. Like I'm not Joe, you know? So I love guns like the bullfrog that just didn't move at all, you know? And if you put the, was it the Spetsnaz grip on it? And that thing was just a laser beam, the kilo, like bullfrog kilo probably takes second place all time to the MP40 Cooper as being my favorite loadout of all time. And the MP40 got nerfed so many times and it was still so good for so many months before it finally got put into the dirt. Insanely fast movement, quick ADS, decent hit fire. I dream about the freaking MP40, dude. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> ben, before you go, and uh, Brendan, I'm going to keep you for a little longer. I, Bob, I don't know. You were looking at Corey like you might have to go too, but I'm going to keep you if you can. Ben, are there any moments that stick out to you of just, at the end of the day, this is a game. We're playing it to have fun. What are some of your favorite moments that you can recall? Something fun. Calling out one, I think is just too hard. I'm going to just overgeneralize this and say any moment that had a screaming reaction, whether it be (laughs) I'm, I'm hyped out of my mind or I'm about to rage out of the game. I just, I look back at those and I laugh and I smile. And I think it's those moments that, that always brought me back. I will say, um, I didn't have a lot of those moments with certain friend groups, but with EJ and Brennan and Bob, and I mean, there's a number of other people we played with. It was that group, EJ, you're always screaming about something, mostly (laughs) screaming at Brennan, but it's just all those moments. Take him down, Ben. Take him down. Oh, it's so good. It's it's so good, but that's the fun, like that's the fun part about this game is like the passion involved and you know, the friend group that you play with. It's like those were the moments that that I look back on. Amen. Yeah, I mean, Brennan and I's friendship, you know, we got tested a few times. Ben's Ben's favorite is Bren's nightmare. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) There were there were like two times where we actually had to like talk about this (laughs) this <laughs> like in a for real sense and kind of and i think one of those times we did we had a talk and i've, I've always joked about this about how like and there's some truth to it and, and it, it's kind of a bit but i always joked that like brennan your mental health completely depends on how well call of duty went tonight <laughs> whereas like when i stopped playing i forgot about it until the next time we play and and I would, I just held you to a much higher standard than I did Bob or Jared or Andrew, who my brother stoned out of his mind, doesn't know what fucking planet he's on half the time. I held you to a higher standard because you're, you're my guy. You're my eyes and ears. You're the best of us. And so we just, we just 
dig at each other and I would dig at you and you're like, dude, I can, it just doesn't roll off of me the way it rolls off of you. And I was like, all right, I got to be better about how I talk to Brennan. We're finally actually talking about Warzone right now. <laughs> <laughs> the heart of we it. We just now started actually talking about this game and I love it. Brennan's glad he never has to play that game with me again. <laughs> Honestly, there there are there's a large part of me that has a relief that... I do not feel the pressure to play with my friends this game for hours mm-hmm. on end. Though I never had to. I put that pressure on myself, but there's a, there's a little bit, but I'm, I miss it. I want to play Rebirth after talking about it. I want to jump into some matches. <gasps> Absolutely. Let's go right uh, now, boys. Uh, oh, I wish. I don't talk about it because I know it's going to make someone feel bad. Oh, man. Ben, you have any parting thoughts before you have to leave us? It's sad to see it go. I'm hoping one day they'll bring it back. Knowing COD, they're going to bring it back as a remaster. That's another $70 title, and you have to repurchase all your skins and all of that. But um, as long as they don't bring it back in that way, I think I'll be happy. But Right. On the flip side, maybe it's good that it's gone, and maybe um, maybe we just remember. I don't know. Thanks for hopping in and chatting for an hour, dude. Uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun times playing this, and it, it was good to meet you through through this game. For better or worse, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we'll get you wrapped into Warzone 2, much to everyone's chagrin. No one wants to actually play that game, but we're going to get you one of these days. Yeah, I said it earlier. I'm uh, I'm thinking about it, but I'm definitely not committing at this point. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, you thanks know? for having me on. Thanks for, uh, for inviting me on. And yeah, I appreciate it. Cool, brother. We will uh, hopefully chat with you soon. Cool. We'll see you guys. All right. Man. First of all, you got Tony Hawk at 69. That's just nice. Well, we couldn't put it at 420, so 69 was the next best thing. Where's um, Guitar Hero 2? Okay. 35, though? That's Bob, a top 20 or There are a lot of good games, buddy. There are a lot of good games. Like everything at the top is Nintendo. There's like no, I don't know. Teach their own, obviously. And I'm not one <laughs> to comment on the quality of a game. Trust me. I'm not the one. Bob drops in the Discord earlier. Do we got to get into Skull and Bones when that comes out? I watch one. I watch one video, and I think of my friends. Okay, that's what I think of. I don't think of quality. Yeah. We just have to play the other pirate game that came out. That I its name is escaping me. See if these oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm CFDs. down. That's very different. It is very different. Like it's, uh, also, it works. Black Flags meets that game. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I, 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 yeah. It, it just—it's not going to be good, which that's unfortunate. All right. On, uh, on. Uh, Ben's gone. We're sad to see him go. We may never see him again. Uh, favorite moments, Bob. You're waiting. No, Ben's got one. Go for it. Anything that sticks out in the top of your brain. I've, I've got one particular one that always. If Bren, do you need to think about it for a sec? Oh, he's ready oh, to go. Oh, oh, Give oh, it God. to me. Two words for you. Watch this. <laughs> Watch he went recent on us. He went yeah. recent. Oh, on recent, recent. Um, yeah. That, what happened? That Explain one, this. Listen, I don't know what was happening, okay? It was endgame. There was a lot of guys around me, and I was trying to make the right play. <laughs> and uh, I didn't do any what, of this. We're in, we're, we're in capital. I'm circle is closing in, and it's it's going to move to the next spot. I I'm sitting, I have a balloon in my pocket. There's all these guys. I don't know, probably like three teams inside the building next to me shooting. I'm the last one alive. And so I have to make a play 
And thankfully in capital, there's a ton of roofs, places you can hide. And they're like, EJ's yelling at me to do something. And I, you know, I can't make heads or tails of it because I'm scared. And so I'm like, it's okay, guys, I got it. Watch this. And I throw my balloon on the ground and I take it up into the air and I'm going to go land on this building and I'm hitting B to pull my chute. And that doesn't pull your chute there, fellas. <laughs> I just what? splat right into the fucking ground. No selfie. And then Andrew's just like, <clears throat> the cough, dude. The cough. The quiet, the silence. The cough. <laughs> before oh. the, yeah. So, from my perspective, Brennan, one last ribbing that I was going to give you this week. I've been going through all my clips and I have a timeline supercuts of all the times that you and I were in a gunfight together and you straight up just ran away. And I have all these clips zooming in on you running out of the fight after we were in the fight together. Because I had this theory of why does Brian get all these kills? It's because he's waiting for everyone else to die doing damage and he comes in and cleans it up for us. And I have all these amazing clips of you just like guns blazing and then you're out of there as soon as things get hairy. I'm trying to talk you through this end game. Like, hey, stay low on the roof. They can't get up to you. Gas is pulling. You're going to be right in their backs. It's the last team. Boom. You're just hitting three guys in the back. Just wait, 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 wait. And you pop the balloon too early. And I'm like, no, 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 pop. Save it to get out of the gas. And then you take it up and then you die. Brandon! Just the iconic. That might be the cold open this week in, in on the drop of the fucking intro. Brandon! <laughs> but I know you, you, you know, you get a little, you get a little panicky when things get intense. I mean, the blood, the blood's pumping, the heart's racing. Things oh, get man. a little wacky. I thought he was the most confident player I have ever seen in my life when he did that. Cause he did what <laughs> everyone wasn't thinking. And then the watch this, the calm watch, watch this. And to, it was, uh, that was a magical moment, but I will say for all the, for that one thing and for what EJ is going to super clip for you, Bren, Bren's made some of the most insane things I've ever seen in this game at, at the same time. The end game stuff Bren's done is magical to me. Thanks, of course. Bob. I have like an hour and a half of end game clips of just clutches. Oh man. And, uh, there's a lot of really crazy stuff. There's also a lot of really funny stuff. You know, we weren't <laughs> always making good decisions. <laughs> oh, I'd have to go. I want to go back and watch all this, man. I, I I stayed up till like three in the morning watching clips with Spenny the other night, just laughing at just some of the some of the funny stuff, some of the dumb stuff, some of the insane outplays. Um, I've got a couple memories, but Bob, what what's something that sticks out to you that you just you'll always remember? Big shout out! Big shout out! To the stem play. Oh, baby. I see. That's my go-to. If we want to talk about things that especially EJ discovered and manipulated and, and the strategy of this game, it's in using a stem. That how I mean, in a first-person shooter, to think that there's like a thing you could equip that's going to keep you alive in the gas while everyone else is dying that's trying to win. Like, you could win against a full team if you know how to play the gas. So any end game, that was just the funnest thing to watch. Dude. More so than just getting the last kill to me sometimes, depending on the situation. It's just so fun. Totally. 1,000 wins. Literally, I have hundreds of clips of, of clutches where it is me versus a team, me and Brennan versus a team. And like half of those clips are straight up just gas plays. Mm-hmm. 
being a rat, using the gas to my advantage, having a munition box in pocket so I can pop more stims to keep me alive as the gas eats away at my health. Dude, we had one no kill win, bro. No kill win. And we all, it was just riot shields and stimmies and restock. And we're running around and we get to that end game in the final circle. And we're just trying to avoid people, play our self revives, play our stimmies. And we got a no kill win, which is probably our granting achievement in this game. Yeah. Especially on rebirth where you're always running into people and you're just trying to get that shield out and not get shot in the back, not get stuck with a Semtex. It's amazing that it didn't happen to us more often. I felt like it only a few times did. Did we ever lose to a gas play by someone else? But when we did it, I just knew the, the, the idea of someone knowing, like getting to the end being like, Oh, we got this. And then to win that way, to know that we just ruined that person's day, they for sure shut the game off. I mean, it's yeah, crazy play. It happens so much. And that's just one of the things that like this game rewards fast decision making. Even if you're making the wrong decision, if you're quick and committed, like you can still get away with things you shouldn't get away with. It, it, it's all about being fast in the moment, make a decision, do it, go now. Yeah, that's something that I, I prided myself on of just like, I'm making a decision for better or worse. I'm going to say it out loud and hope to God somebody listens and I'm going to go. And a lot of times I ended up in a situation where one or two of us is alone at the end of a game trying to fight a full team. And a lot of the time, like we pull, we pull off some insane clutches. Um, just, just being quick like that. Oh, I could be a Navy SEAL right now if I really, really want. To. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Call of Duty. Yeah. You shit me out. Send me to Iraq. Watch this. You want to talk about a watch this scenario? Do we make now. redeployed balloons in real life? Huh. <laughs> um, this stim just hurts. It doesn't help me at all. It just hurt. I'm stabbing myself. <laughs> Epi pen, your heart starts skipping a beat. You pass out. The funniest moment in this game. And I wish, I know it's a podcast, so we can't show anybody, but the funniest moment. I mean, the comedic timing of every. Every step in this process, I got I, I to describe this. I know you guys know exactly what it is. Bob, you and I just watched it. It was that time that we got stuck on edge of circle on top of the loadouts behind a rock and we couldn't move. The oh, game glitched. Yeah. We got stuck on the loadouts. I was stuck first. I said, I'm stuck. I can't move. I can't get out of here. Wait, was this right outside of decon? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right on the hill going oh, up yeah. the prison yard. Somehow we and all remember. So I'm, I'm stuck. And my only hope is that the loadout will despawn when gas starts moving. But then Brennan gets in his big old brain. I wonder how EJ got stuck. So he jumps in and he's like, what, what? No, I'm stuck too. And then Bob. I thought it was a bit at this point. At this point, I was like, let's all get stuck together because I don't want to be alone. Gas starts moving in and the loadout is not despawning. And you hear me just screaming. Why is the loadout still here? Why is the loadout still here? We're sitting here trying to get out of it. We can't. Somebody has a PDS, so put the PDS down. We're immune to gas for like seven seconds. So we're like, all right, we bought ourselves some time. Surely the loadout is going to despawn. I am a sliver of health. Somebody miraculously has a, a munitions box who didn't say that out loud. Pop the munition box, grab the extra stimmies. Oh my God, I bought myself another five seconds. Stim. Holy crap. Finally, after all the stims, I'm just so fucking angry. I throw a grenade at the loadout box. Which I, you know, we tried earlier, I think, and we were trying to hit it and shoot it, and we couldn't get it to move. Out of frustration, I go to kill myself intentionally because we're stuck, we're gonna die. Before the Semtex explodes, the loadout box disappears. <laughs> 
and I and I down myself. I'm like, no, I killed myself. The loadout's gone. You guys get out. I'm down. I look up to the hill, and there's another PDS on the hill. I mark it. I'm like, PDS on the hill. PDS on the hill. So now I'm dying. Brandon is running around like a chick with his head cut off. Can't find the PDS. I am a sliver away from dying. Brennan finally finds the PDS, and I don't know what's happening, but he just goes, oh, no, no. And I'm like, Brennan, found the PDS. I die. Literally the second I die, Brennan dies. The second after Brennan dies, the PDS goes, it pops. And it was just the comedic timing of, what the fuck is happening? Uh, it was it was like a five-minute affair. It was so much fun. Oh, my God. This might actually be the cold open, dude. Anytime Bob says, oh, EJ, that shit gets me hard, dude. <laughs> That's when you know it's one of the more honest moments you'll get out of me is if I say your name dramatic because you know I'm like, <laughs> I believe in you, you know? Dude. It's because... It's and it's uh, yeah. I just uh, nothing feels better than a genuine like yeah, bro. He did that. Did it. You'd out. It'd be like a one v two or a one v three or just like show some crazy movement. I remember the 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 best OEJ I ever got, dude. Not even from your girlfriend, from me of all people. Oh, a thousand percent. Beautiful. beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can take a hike, Bob. It's all about you right now, baby. Uh, We were on the roof uh, of Red Building between Harbor and it's one v two. I think I might have actually been downed. I self-rev. I play. I, I do a, the, one of the weird sketchy jump spots to get on top. They're revving up there. I get the one kill. And then I slide. I do a spin. A spin move on this guy. Land shoot the guy. And Bob just hits me with the, oh, EJ. And, and Jared was like, the spin move. And Andrew was like, EJ has never been more excited than he is in this exact <laughs> moment. He's just screaming into the mic and it's so loud. We can't even hear him. I don't know if we talked about this when Ben was still here, but we had a day towards the, like the last week of rebirth. I know you remember this, Brennan. We won 13 games that day and nine in a row. Mm, I was a Dude, I have the screenshot, bro. Our average lobby was anywhere from one Oh three to one, one zero. Damn. Like 0.90 is average. 1.0 is like you're playing in some sweaty lobbies. Anything above that, dude, and you're you're in a blender. 1.10 is hot. That is a lobby. We're just winning these freaking blenders, dude. Those are just sometimes you'd have those days. Not like that. That's special. But when you'd go on that three or four in a row, it's like mm. we can't stop. You know. Of course, it was impossible to actually hit a streak without Andrew completely crashing, <laughs> dev airing in the middle of a match. Just here in the King Kong. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Do you guys remember uh, the 500th rebirth win? I do not. I had nine kills and we're chasing this guy. And I said, let me get him for 10. Let me get him for 10. Let me get him oh, for 10. God. Of course, he remembers this. And Brennan comes and snakes uh-huh. the kill. And I said, 500! 500! 500! And Bob is like, he can't even be happy. <laughs> I'm like, if that. Didn't sum up our Warzone experience. <laughs> uh, what about our thousandth win? You remember that? No. <laughs> Good to know. Whole team's alive. Another team is in the air, had just gotten buybacks. I've got a team under me in, is it Cam? I get the names mixed up now. You haven't played in so long. I'm on the roof making a gas play. I kill one guy in his back. I'm shooting at some of the guys in the air. I jump down. I stimmy, grab a box, and I'm making a gas play. I take a car up and around. Andrew dies. Brendan dies. Bob gets downed. It's now a 1v2 with Bob down. I'm in the car. 
and Bob just starts gassing me up. He's like, this is it. This is destiny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, shit, son. One guy goes down to gas and I'm like, I'm having a Brendan moment. I'm a little panicked because this is 1000. It's, it's a clutch situation. I don't know. I'm like, do I push? Do I rev Bob? Do I plate first? And eventually I just said, fuck it. And I jumped and I'm just beaming this guy in the air and he's dead before I even land, bro. And it was like, that was 1000. That was it. We washed our hands of it. We never played it again. Fast forward eight months. Some of my favorite times just because you take a step back after it happens is when you lose bad or you have three games in a row where mm. you're with just, and the silence in the group, <laughs> yeah. the silence is unbelievable. It's like, we just watched someone die in front of us. It's like Literally. the same level of science of just like, all right, well, I gotta go. I gotta see you later. I gotta, I gotta do something. No one has to do anything, but we're going to leave. We need a break. No matter how much I played that game, it was very rare that I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. I could have always kept playing. Which is crazy. I could have always played one more. I could, and I wanted to run the tape back I, after every after every match. I want to talk about like what we should have done collectively as a unit there, like. And people don't want to hear that. Oh no, EJ. Most of the time, you would you would you would tell us for sure. A lot of times, I got a lot better about it. But sometimes it's just like, come on, let's use our fucking brains here. But I mean, I made dumb plays too. And this is what I loved about playing with Ben was Ben Brett, Ben would want to talk it back after a match. What should mm-hmm. we have done there? Not pointing fingers. Sometimes it was worth pointing a finger at somebody, uh, myself included. But it was always like, what could we have done to be better in that s- situation so that we could do it better next time? And to me, that is the spirit of this game. Cooperating to overcome the greatest odds, boys. <laughs> You know, I have to draw a line. <laughs> I have to draw a line. Uh, but that's what it is, man. It's the strategy to, of, of communicating and working together. So I like running back the tape and what we have done better here. And that's why I clip so many things and watch things back. And um, most of it's memes, but it was also about getting better and understanding things better. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why this game got me the way it did. I mean, I mean, I do. Again, I've talked about the skill gap and, and the outplay abilities and the way it rewarded every step of that process from, from the first time I played this game with a 0.4 KD to, to ending it, you know, where we were, you know. I think, I think at the time, especially at the time, there's nothing like it, you know. There's, yeah. just, there's things that try to be like it, but I think just for who we are and what we look for. That was the perfect timing pandemic too. It just was everything you could. That's the only way we could all hang out mm-hmm. and what a fun thing to do. And you guys were always good at it and you got so good at it quickly. It was fun. Warzone two. You mm. guys have been playing it a lot longer than I have. I only just started playing it. That game started off in a really bad place. Everything that made Warzone 1 special, they got rid of in Warzone 2. Like, 2v2 Gulag, no loadouts, one UAV per, per buy station, limited self-arrives per buy station. Like, you couldn't run and play it at the same time. You couldn't plate cancel an animation once you got going. There are massive movement penalties. If you're sliding, if you're jumping into an ADS, sprint to fire time, everything that made Warzone 1 special, they just completely went away with. And have slowly been piecing things back together over the last year to the point where it's it's at least for me being a Warzone one sweat. I would consider myself being a sicko with that game. Warzone two is playable now in a way that it was not a year ago for me. EJ is one of the few people that will get like 14 kills in a rebirth Warzone two match and be like this fucking game. 
fuck this piece of shit. <laughs> it's so Literally. funny to me. <laughs> you will do so well at that game, but I do understand where you're coming from as far as where Warzone was for you. Um, but I do think there are some aspects of Warzone 2 that are better, but it's just not... I don't think it's supposed to be Warzone 1, and it isn't at all. But, you know, it's nice to, like... It's. I view it like I'm glad we had Warzone One. Warzone Two can be whatever. I don't care. It's not that fun. We had the fun. We did the. We have that first time where we all loved it, and now whatever you know. I don't. I don't weigh it as hard. It's so hard to find a game that everybody wants to play. Doesn't cost seventy dollars. Everybody is engaged with, and Warzone hit at the perfect time, like you said, and everybody got into it to some degree. And Brendan and I, like, we've been looking for that. You know, we got really into Destiny, like you said. We spent a lot of years looking for that next Destiny, and we haven't really found it. And Warzone mm-hmm. was the only other thing that kept us coming back, for better or worse. And now it's like, man, what do we play with our friends? Like, I was trying to play Payday with Spencer and Jeff, and it's like, oh, this is fun for, like, half an hour of, like, kicks or whatever. But, like, dude, we're never going to get back to that place. So if everyone is, like chomping at the bit what are we doing tonight who's dropping it's just gonna be different that's all so much more i want to say with this game i might do a half hour solo after this fellas just to just to talk just to get it all out there once and for all put it to bed you know i had a lot of good nights with you fellas i tell you that it was fun it was very fun it's still fun all right i won't knock it we had a serious like resurgence with this game a few months ago coming back to it playing br again okay brennan my pr Came in the last two months playing Caldera. Really? Yeah. And I just thought if I could, and I've said it, but if I could take myself right now and go back to Resurgence, bro, like we'd be dropping 20 pieces all day. For sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. ah. I just saw a clip that like, I, I think I accidentally deleted the rest of my clips, but, um, just for, I mean, from early rebirth days that like, I thought this was a cool good movement and right. i'm just like running around like <laughs> yeah. just, you know not ducking not dodging not sprinting just like walking around and i kill this guy and i'm like Ugh. why did i clip that yeah yeah i'm having those same moments right now going back and, and re-watching things like some clips i'm like how did i learn how to do that in some clips i'm like well i'm not going to show anybody this is not impressive why is this here <laughs> but you know we grew we grew with those were my clips you were looking at <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know, Bob, I'm sorry. I still use you as a punchline about slide canceling. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, <laughs> there's worse things in this world. Go That's for true. it. Hold That's me true. down. Hold me down. I love <laughs> your attitude. You know, I got to give a shout out before we go to Jared Willard. Oh, Bro, man. Playing with Jared, especially the last few months coming back to this game. Like, listen, we all have our, how do you say, kinks to work out in our game. Some of us, like me, can work on our attitude a little bit. You know, me and Bren weren't always the best at at keeping our feelings to ourselves. Jared goddamn Willard, for better or worse, is always just the fucking nicest dude. He's always making jokes, funny as fuck. I just love playing with Jared. Uh, The last few months have been a goddamn treat. And and, and you get you, you two fuckers going back and forth and everyone's hooting and hollering and most of the time it it can be like a bad loss and people are mad. And then Jared's just like hitting his bong and cracking a joke and we're all back to like, we're all good. You know, (laughs) Ah, 
It's been a lot of fun. He's a good boy. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna jump back in. Talk about the skill gap. This is it. This is truly the end of an era right here. Yep. I guess I have to go back to work. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> it's been a good three years. I will tell you oh, what. Oh man, I'm gonna go find a job time. now. Yeah, I guess I should probably work. It's been good playing with you, fellas. I mean, we're gonna play fucking games again, but it is weird. It's weird to think about, man. Like. And then it spurs up conversations about game preservation and all that stuff. This is a whole other rabbit hole, but yeah. like, it, like a lot of, a lot of them doing this, just it's, I get that, you know, it costs money for servers and stuff, but it is anti-consumer just taking away the game. And yeah, I don't, I don't fully understand it, but think about all of the money we spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, skins and uh, uh, blueprints for guns, and none of that carried over to Warzone Two. None of it's gonna carry to Warzone Three, presumably. Those servers are dead. You can't even access your stats now. You know, uh, man, that that really grinds my my fucking ass. That I was you know. Nicki Minaj then, and I'm Nicki Minaj now, baby. I tell <laughs> you. All right, boys, it's been good. Thanks for indulging me, reminiscing a little bit. Of course. My um, pleasure. Bren, you're going to listen to this podcast back uh, on your next drive to work and you'll be like, he talked for another 90 minutes without us? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I have something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I, I wish we could have got Spenny in here. I wish we could have got my brother in here. I wish we could have talked to Jared. I, we still might talk to Jared. I could do another 20 minutes with him later on if he's down, but... You might have to. You might have to with Jared. Yeah, he's... he's God, what a... What a guy. He'll drop some stuff that I couldn't even try to remember. He's got like pothead memory. It's selective and he he'll bring up something we didn't talk about. I know that. Yeah. If he smokes that one strain, all the memories from smoking that strain come back. It's like a superpower. <laughs> you know, if you took the Spence grip off and put the, oh, the yeah. RPK fucking barrel on, he, you can see God. This is what I'm talking <laughs> about. He'll go in. That's what you need. Um, this podcast is for exactly two people who are going to listen to it. Me and Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. GG, gentlemen. GG's. Uh, I have to say and apologize to my guest this week. Uh, I did a lot of talking. I always do a lot of talking, but I did a lot, a lot of talking this week. And this has really been two and a half years of just pent up everything. You know, there's just a lot about this game that I ended up falling in love with as someone who didn't like Call of Duty very much prior to Warzone, wasn't good at shooters by any stretch of the imagination. The spawn die, spawn die, you know, it just wasn't my thing, and I was never very good at it. I didn't see a need to get good at it. There was no incentive for me to try and, and get better at it. The Battle Royale formula is sort of vaguely appealing to me, and, and always was, but Warzone is the game that really took that to the next level. The thing that made this game so rewarding for me what makes Warzone 2, for example, uh, such a lesser game is like a true skill gap. You know, rewarding outplay abilities, rewarding quick decision making, you know, and, and, and really genuine tactical thinking. But striking a balance between that and, you know, a base game that, that didn't make it inaccessible to casual players. They just did it so damn well. So, there, so there's a lot of things I want to talk about specifically. And this, this section is strictly for uh, Brennan. Shout out. If you don't care about some of the finer nuances of the Warzone skill gap or don't know shooters, none of this is going to mean anything. Talking about the skill gap, 
there are all these things, both tactically and when it comes to like the movement in this game that you're rewarded for and it helps sort of widen that gap between you and a casual player. There are a lot of basics that I talked about, you know, plating while running, right? Always being on the move, never sitting still for too long, like reloading during your slides, just things like map awareness. Like when you have a UAV up, like open that mini map, open the tack map, mark where people are at. Be aware of when there are shots on the mini map and just learning how to read that when players are above you, when players are below you. You know, things like when you're in a fight, like always reload before plating, right? Trigger discipline, things like not giving away your position when you're in no man's land or when you don't have adequate cover or where when you guys are rotating and you're in a position to be held by a team in a building further into zone. Like don't shoot unless you know you have a kill or you have the advantage, right? If you have the high ground. Tactics like, I would say this is sort of basics plus, right? Like learning to shoulder doors when you're plating. Learning about like peeker's advantage, you know, being the first to challenge because just the way the server latency works, like challenging your corners aggressively instead of, you know, how many times we see somebody hard scoping, crouch walking around a corner and they see the tip of that gun and they're ready to shoot you and you come out slow as hell. You're dead before you can even get a shot off. You know, just just knowing when to be hot versus when to drop shot, right? Just knowing how to make those decisions instantaneously. I think the biggest thing for me was learning how to uh, take advantage of the slide mechanics to, again, break cameras, break aim assists. But just knowing in, in a gunfight when you're sliding left to get around someone, sliding right to get around someone and they're left shooting the opposite direction now, you're behind them and shooting them in the back, essentially. Knowing how to disengage a gunfight where you know you're going to be outgunned and disengaging either quickly behind cover and right back into the fight, break their camera, and now you've got Pinker's advantage. It's knowing, when am I being outgunned? If I just sit here hard scope and shoot this guy now, am I going to die or am I, do I have a chance to beat them? Things like using doors to break cameras and, and break lines of sight. You know, Even things like when you are in a fight where you can't slide... Uh, and you can't drop shot. Like just someone comes around a corner on you, they're right in your face. Like a simple B hop to the right, just one jump to reposition, and you have the advantage now, and you're going to beat them. So just reading those moments, reading what your opponent does, and knowing how to uh, uh, engage that, understanding the map flow, right? Obviously, you need to know your POIs, but like learning the pinwheel rotation, you know, rotating for optimal cover, understanding how to make those decisions again instantaneously not questioning yourself, even if it's the wrong decision, technically by the book, right? You make them quick and you adjust quick. You know, this game rewards you for snappy decision-making, heightened awareness, doing with that information something instantly. So yeah, you learn sort of when to push a team, how fast you need to be pushing. Obviously you learn your angles as you learn the maps, but capitalizing on advantages, you know, whether that is, oh, a player's down, or I know this is a 3v2, or hey, two of those guys are broken. If you question yourself, if you wait, you're at a disadvantage now. They're going to be plated back up. They're going to be reloaded. They're going to be expecting you hard scoping an angle on a hold, right? And this is why, you know, as aggressive as I was, I remember Z later saying one time on a stream, like, you're never going to get better at the game by grabbing a rocket launcher and sitting in a corner. You're never going to get better by stacking with three of your teammates and waiting for people to come to you. You're going to get better at the game by seeking out engagements, by being aggressive, challenging people, and and getting in gunfights. And so that sort of changed my philosophy after the first year of playing this game. And once I started getting into more of those engagements and understanding these engagements on a deeper level, watching guys like, again, Z and, and Joe and Iceman Isaac and not watching the casual guys so much like Doc and 
Tim the Tapman and Nick Marks, you know, guys who are the, they're more for the entertainment value than they are for the game. You know, and again, this is COVID, right? So what am I doing while I'm not working? I'm playing games, I'm watching games, I'm cooking, and I'm eating. You know, that was pretty much it for, for especially that first year. So these things that were just so obvious to me, I, I should have I should have done a better job of like understanding team comp. And Ben had mentioned something like this of like, you are being punished for being aggressive because you're making your call out and you're jetting off without you know understanding like who are you playing with. You know, be a little more patient. Like, yeah, Brennan, I know we joked about it, but uh, it's like maybe you could have been better about not disengaging uh, and running away in a panic as soon as things got a little crazy. I could have and should have been better about understanding who I'm playing with and not just going in guns blazing because I'm not Joe and I'm not going to 1v3, 1v4 a team, right? And that was a, a pretty big source of frustration for me is just expecting people to sort of understand the things that I was seeing because we're all in this blender together, right? And so that's why I, I, we joked earlier, I always want to run it back. Let's run back the table. Let's talk about what could have been could have been better about that. Because uh, to me, what made this game great was that skill gap and you know how we started to learn the game and, and how we, we learned from each engagement and got better. You know, and, and the growth was linear from, from the day I started uh, to the day we quit. You know, every gunfight made us a little bit better. And there'd be so many times I don't even I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you I I mean I've like I said earlier I've got thousands of clips for over the years um, there's just so many times where where I make a quick call out and I know it's the right rotation nine times out of ten right or I know it's the right push nine times out of ten I make the call out I'm with my guys I make the play next thing you know one of two things happens I'm dying by myself and I'm like where the fuck is my team well I was doing this I was doing that or Everybody else was killed because they didn't make a quick enough decision, and now I'm by myself. A lot of times, I'd clutch up. A lot of times, I was just by myself, and that was the end of it. But, you know, everybody learned the game at their own pace, uh, and everybody was really fucking patient with me at the beginning of this experience. Like, really fucking patient. Like, Andrew and his friends did not want to play with me. I was bad at the game, and I would be like, let me back. You know, they're like, I don't want to fucking play with me, but they were patient. They played with me. Uh, Andrew probably regrets it because I became such a sick person and made him play that game just way past what he wanted to years past what he wanted to, you know, we, we joked about it, but Brendan was obviously super patient with me. Like Brendan didn't want to once upon a time, he didn't want to jump into a duos match with me. Uh, and then then there came a day where all we wanted to do is play duos because we knew each other's game and you know, we would freaking fry, you know, Ben was like, yeah, one win, maybe we'll play one day. And by the end it was like. Dude, I couldn't wait to hop in with Ben. Comms were hopping, bro. We, we just flowed well together, and that was a lot of fun towards the end. So, you know, I'm grateful for everyone we played with and, again, how patient people were. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to extend some of that patience now as we play Warzone 2. But but I do acknowledge in retrospect that, like, you know, everyone learned the game at, the, at their own pace. And, uh, I, and I didn't expect anyone to be as sick as I was about it outright but in practice you know i you know i could have i could have been better about like understanding where everybody was at um not just like about having learned uh, and understood some of the things that i am talking about but but implementing them because play styles are just different you know uh and you know like jared was a freaking ripper of a sniper like andrew could snipe with the best of him you know whether it was play style or or, or sort of level of understanding and implementation some of some of these other things, for example, is like no hard chasing. You want to expect where a player is going to be. Don't get tunnel vision. That's the same thing when you're shooting. You start to learn like, 
I'm coming up some stairs right now. There are two angles where someone could possibly be camping. I'm going to slide up these stairs and immediately pre-fire that corner. You know, most of the time, no one's going to be there. But when they are there, you kill them and they say, how the fuck you know I was there, you hacker? It's just anticipating where people will be. This is a game that relies so heavily on communication. And despite thousands of matches played, hundreds of hours of playtime, over a thousand wins, uh, over 20,000 kills, comms still to the very end were something that that not everyone quite figured out. And it's never consistent, right? Like people have good and bad days, right? So comms are difficult, but understanding the comms, being aware of your compass, understanding how to be better at communicating, giving them more objective information that they can easily and quickly relate to, understanding your teammates' comms and listening. It's Sometimes it's hard when you're in an engagement. If someone's communicating, it's hard. Or if you're, if you're uh, uh, scoped in on another engagement and they're on the opposite side of a building or whatever in their own engagement, you know, it's easy to disregard what they're saying because it's not relevant to your current fight. But that's easy to say that. It is relevant, right? So just understanding how to prioritize the information, listening to your teammates. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm playing to win. So sometimes someone's going to call something out and it's a bad push and I'm going to make the right rotation. I'm going to make the right move to get out of danger. And literally hundreds of times, those have ended up leading to wins where it is 1v2, 1v3, 1v4. And you know I'm left alone because I wasn't tunnel visioned. I wasn't getting greedy on my downs. That's a big thing. Boy, do we die a lot to getting greedy on our downs. Uh, whether those are long distance downs and you make a bad push out of cover, you make a bad push out of a power position or uh, in a gunfight, you get greedy and go for a thirst. You run out of ammo. You're not pre-firing a corner like you should or a stairwell. And you go for the finish and you end up getting gunned and you die. Like if you're fighting a team of three, you get that guy down. Even if he has a self-revive, you have time. You have time to reposition, to listen. Whether you end up having to, to re-down that guy or finish him before he selfs, that's fine. Never get greedy. Take that split second of time. Understand what's happening around you. Because there are times where you will, you'll 1v3 somebody because they're gunning in without information and you're being patient. Know your jump spots. That's, that's another big thing. And again, just comes with reps is knowing the map and you know your jump spots. You know how to enter buildings. Like nine times out of 10, the people you're playing with, they're going to be hard scoping the stairs. They're going to be hard scoping the entrance. Dude, I don't know how many clips I have where I, I hit a jump spot or I balloon in through a, a window they're not expecting or jump off a roof and catch a ledge you shouldn't be able to get to. And you, you get in and you kill them and, and their death calm is like, what the fuck is this? I, you know, how did they get here? How did he get in? Where did he come from? And that is so satisfying, right? And that's just, that's just knowledge. All these elements create this skill gap. And the more you understand them and you, and you can utilize the movement to your advantage and understanding player tendencies, something we didn't talk about in the uh, episode with everybody else, a game mode called Iron Trials where they increase your base health. So it takes a lot more bullets to kill people. But on the other hand, they put much better ground loot in. So instead of picking up crappy loot that you can't control, doesn't do enough damage, you're getting like the cream of the crop, right? As far as guns go. And I loved Iron Trials because, and I did joke about this earlier about how if you take my game sense awareness, some of my you know better days tactically, uh, and if I just could have shot straight, I, I don't know how much better this game I could have been. But I loved Iron Trials because it rewarded people who understood all of these things that I just talked about. From the smallest things all the way to like, how do you max out your movement? It rewards all of that because people have more health. 
It doesn't matter if someone gets the first, second, third, fifth shots on me. I am probably going to outplay that person with my movement. It doesn't matter what guns we have. They're not going to beat me because they're doing X percent more damage per bullet, right? I am going to be able to look at this engagement, look at you, and I'm going to outplay you with my movement. I know Ben and I, for example, our PRs, well, what was my PR before our renaissance the last few months, came in Iron Trials, a game mode that was considered extremely difficult for casual players, and people a lot of time had something to say about it. You know, the casuals really complained about it online, whereas, uh, quote unquote, sweats, we loved it because it gave us more of an opportunity to outplay people using sort of our raw skill, uh, less less sort of random chance, a lot of hours in those game modes. And they, they were always timed, so they'd come in for a weekend or they'd come in for the week and they'd rotate them out and you'd just be chomping at the bit. Like, when is the next Iron Trial showing up, right? That's Warzone 1, man. I just love this game and I don't see myself ever loving a game like this the way I love this game ever again. And part of that is time and place. Obviously the pandemic, like, you know, I, I didn't work for 18 months, right? The world was at a standstill and then it was just, it was a, it was a weird time. So I played a lot of video games. So that's part of it. But this game hooked me. The reward for learning the nuances of the game, you know, how engaged I was every day playing this again, learning like the strategy of, of this match. Like what, what do we have? What can we do? I never got sick of it. It was so infrequently that I had to stop and be like, I'm done because I'm frustrated. I could always play another game. I could always play another round. When two people got off, we found two more and understandably. So nobody else in the group got as, as sick in the head about it as I did, even at the peak and, and I understand it because, you know, I'm playing Warzone 2 now with the guys and God, that shit frustrates me because I, I said to them the other night, I said, is this how you guys felt after playing Warzone 1 every day? Like you get off just being like, fuck that game. Because I never felt that way about Warzone 1, but I feel it with Warzone 2. I get off and I just say, God, this shit sucks. You're in a blender and it feels terrible. I love this game. It's going to hold a special place in my heart. It will always be on the Console Crusade Top 100. Man, I'm just going to miss it. I'm going to miss it a lot. I'm going to miss the good old times with the boys. I'm going to miss the kill races, you know, where we get eight people in or six people in and we we split up into different lobbies and we just get aggressive and see how many kills we can get and hopping back and forth. Like, how many did you have? Did you guys die? Oh my God, Bob killed me. You know, nothing will ever be quite like it. Thank you for indulging me this half an hour rant. Look forward to your regularly scheduled programming next week. <laughs>